afford to be. This is small town music. This is big town music. He's ahead of his time, you know, but he can't use it. If only he could prove it. Well, tomorrow's just a song away, a song away, a song away. Hey everybody, welcome to Rock Solid, the comedy podcast for all things music, both new and classic. I'm Pat Francis. And I'm Christy Stratton. And I'm David Wilde. Slightly delayed. <laughs> Slightly late, as I was for the actual podcast. <laughs> no, you're fine. And uh, and this is, uh, well, I already said, it's Rock Solid. But it's all, it's kind of all uh, discombobulated today. We don't have a producer here, so I'm behind the board. And um, it feels very Peter, Paul, and Mary to me. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> but with the, the, the early sexy Mary Travers, not the, the, not the later. No, and not I, the wheelchair bound a, Mary yeah, Travers. No. But, the leg, legs. Legs. Legs Travers. Legs Travers. Yes. That's, that's she was known briefly in the 60s. <laughs> uh, but so, yeah, so Christy and David and I are all here, and we're going to, I'm producing, so I, I'm seeing all the songs today, which is n- not as much fun. But, um, but we'll get through it. We'll have fun. Yes. But uh, so we were just chatting a little bit before uh, before we started. Happy Father's Day, David. Oh, thank you very much. Did you do something fun on Father's Day? Uh, I fathered a child. <laughs> Hopefully, potentially, we'll see where <laughs> things go. All right. No, I did not. Uh, I did. I, my wife and my uh, my younger son did something for my uh, Father's Day that was the greatest gift you could ever give me, which is they cleaned. My closet, not metaphorically, literally cleaned my walk-in closet that has been a, a, a literally a crime scene for years. What is it? Nice. No, no, no offense, because I wear basically I wear basically the same thing every day. But every time I see you, you have a black T-shirt on. So what's in that closet? Some are gray. There are five thousand T-shirts, t-shirts. five thousand cassettes. There's like cassettes in There's there. Cassette. I don't even you know. Don't need those. I don't need those anymore. No, there was everything. In fact, my wife said. This is a true story. I think I may have told this before on some podcast, but absolutely true that at one point our house was, uh, the alarm went off and the police came in to check and they went to our, my closet and they said, ma'am, they called my wife and said, we found where they must have broken in your, your husband's, <laughs> this closet is a shambles. And they go, no, that's, no, that's, the that's what it is. And it's been like that for a decade, uh, about a decade. And I was busy rearing children. You know, sure, I didn't have sure. time to clean a closet. But my wife said... She made a real decision that it was more important to clean the closet than to stay married because she thought, I'm going to find something in there that will be so disgusting that I cannot stay married to this right. man. I think she was thinking of more pornography right. or sure. a really bad album. Right. I don't know what it could be. A receipt from someplace, someplace. that I might have gone. Oh, that I were that interesting. And she said... The only thing she found was a yogurt raisin box, like a mini box from probably 1997. That was as bad as it got. So we're still. Did, we're still did they? Did they just organize? They didn't throw stuff away because they couldn't do that, could they? They threw some stuff away, but I wouldn't. It's not, you wouldn't I, even I, know. I'm not a hoarder in the sense that I care. I'm just a slob. I'm just a pure out and out slob. So you're not emotionally connected to some of that stuff that was. I'm not even emotionally connected of. to my family. <laughs> okay. I'm just really, okay. No, I I am emotionally connected to them, but I am a slob. Like I realized it. Uh, I just went back to my prep school reunion, my which was a really emotional journey. It was an I hadn't been back decade, tears, decade. It was I tr- I cried the entire time. Aww. No joke. I had I'll just this is like I, I listened to your Father's Day show and mm-hmm. I was really happy. And I hope you'll not misunderstand this. Sure, I was happy that you had a fucked up childhood too. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, I just don't yeah. get along with my dad that well. He's yeah. kind of a no. It was very Springsteen your discussion with him. It was sort of like a slightly less. Uh, and- 
In, Here's the thing with my brother. Through. When we're, when this microphone's not on, my brother feels exactly the same way as I do. But, but he, when the microphone's on, he's like, no, I'll pad. I don't know. I'm like, no, yeah. what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. so crazy. No, no, but so I good. had this moment where I drove, you know, and they asked me to speak as the sort of keynote speaker of reunion. And like, mm. I've not gone back to any school or anything I've ever done. I just don't. I'm not like even, not, not like don't look back Bob Dylan. I'm simply... I have some sort of fear. It's a, it's a much more mm-hmm. wimpy version of it. I just don't want to deal with any of that. But you're successful, so I you, know. You, you go back. You can't put I it in didn't know spaces. I was successful until I got there. I have to say, <laughs> but it was the whole. It, it was a great experience for that reason, for many reasons. But the 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 moment I'll never forget. And excuse me for taking so much time on this, but like, I drove down this road to Windsor, Connecticut, to Loomis Chafee, and I had this total epiphany about fathers and sons, which was. Because this was, I'm sorry, I was in Nashville the night, two nights before, mm-hmm. doing a show. Arrived here for my son's high school graduation. When you say doing a show, what do you mean by that? I was a producer on the CMT music. Oh. I like how he just throws it. No. I'm doing a show. I was okay. doing, yeah, no, it sounds like a Barry Williams. Like I was doing a <laughs> slapstick or, you know, vaudeville. But in any case, I worked on a show that was, uh, got here, went to my son's high school reunion, spent a whole night with family, got right back on a plane and went to this reunion. And then, I found myself in a car driving down the road to this school and seeing the school sign for the first time in three decades. Mm -hmm. And I literally started crying as I was driving. I've never done this before. Just instant flood of tears. And I'm like, what is happening to me? And I realized I had sort of in my mind's eye seen my dad driving me there Ah. in the middle of my parents' historically horrific divorce, which was, it, well, I, as I said in my speech up when I spoke at the school, it was, like, it was like War of the Roses without the roses. And it was, I, I said, and without a great performance by Bette Midler, only to have people correct me and say it was Kathleen Turner. I, got I didn't remember the movie, so I am getting old. But yeah, it was amazing. I ran into my high school girlfriend for the first time in three decades, and she was more beautiful than ever, which was amazing. Oh. Like, it made me feel much less old that it was like <laughs> that I could still have a hot ex-girlfriend. <laughs> and my wife was impressed because she refers to my ex-girlfriends as the lesbian and the South African, uh, neither of which she's impressed by. But she right. said, this, one, this one's cute. When I went to uh, my 30th high school reunion, uh, high school, not college, a um, couple, uh, two summers ago, um, you know, my wife is, is very attractive and she walks in and she was like feeling great about herself because... Uh, a lot of the women weren't keeping it together. Right. And then she's like, I want to meet your ex-girlfriend. I want to meet your girlfriend from high school. Um, this, her name's Mimi. And, uh, and when Mimi walked in, my wife was like, oh, boy, here's my competition. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mimi lives in, uh, you know, like Boca Raton. And she's kept sure. it all together. And Pilar's like, all right, well, I guess I feel. Game on. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, no. It was fantastic. And I, 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 what was great was actually to find that you still are who you are and mm-hmm. you still love who you love and you're still kind of attracted to what you're attracted mm-hmm. to. Cause like everything happened in, in, in a few seconds, everything that had happened then happened again. Like I went from this tearful mess of a kid <laughs> to running into this ex-girlfriend at the end of the speech, which was, it was fantastic. My uh, journalism teacher who had changed my life, this amazing woman came from Nevada mm-hmm. and to hear me speak. And like, wow. I had no idea these parents who had sort of taken me in and been pseudo parents to me, showed up they were like you know 85 years old wow. and they showed up and and then the great moment of course i'm i'm not that deep those are nice things if you're mm-hmm. a deeper person than me the the nice part was at the end of it 
like two of the hottest blonde chicks from the class <laughs> showed up and tried to get my attention. And my old girlfriend said, hold on, forget it. I'm taking him. He's going with me. And we just went for a long walk. And I was like, this so is great. Your wife was not, your wife was not with you at the, at this event. Well, We've had a change in that. No, yeah, no, no. My <laughs> wife, my wife was with my son and my family. Gotcha. And yes. gotcha. No, and I went alone, and I think I wouldn't have had as emotional. Mm. I'm glad I went alone because I, I, again, if I was ever going to do a reunion, I would definitely go surrounded by my cute wife and my Absolutely. adorable kids. And but no, I had to go alone, and it was great. It was fantastic. I cried literally for two <laughs> days. Like I was crying oh. all good tears. Uh, let me ask you this because well, no one's ever going to ask me to give a speech. But when they, some, when you're supposed to do a speech. How long, what's, what is, what's, what is a, the right amount of time for you to give a well, speech? It was, it was interesting. They asked me to speak for an hour oh, and boy. I write speeches for a living. That's one of the things I do. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to write a speech for me for a living, but I, but I, I did something which ended up working out wonderfully, which, Hey, I didn't have any time to prepare. I didn't want to prepare, but I had been asked to speak at my kid's school for a fundraiser. My kids, all the parents at my kid's school are, I am the least successful by far parent at my kid's school because it's so expensive. What, what is the school? You'd like? have to be. You'd have to be. But like I was asked to speak for like a fundraising week weekend event or something. And it was like I was on opposite Matt Weiner speaking about uh, uh, Mad Men mm-hmm. and uh, Phil Rosenthal, who's one of my best friends, speaking about Everybody Loves Raymond. And then me. And I'm like, my wife said, who is going to come here? You? And I said, I have no idea. So she, I, what I did was I made a name drop menu, which was a list of like a hundred people I could tell a story about. Mm-hmm. And then I hand, we, my, we handed it out and I just answered, people picked who they wanted to hear a story about. And I just off the top of my head told my oh, best that's story. Good idea. That's fantastic. And I thought, I'll do something like that. And I wrote like a little legally vetted prepared statement about two paragraphs, three paragraphs, just thanking the school for changing mm-hmm. my life. And then reflecting a little bit on why I cried on the way there. I wrote that on my phone and read that off there. <laughs> and then the rest of it, I just ver- at the last minute realized, I'll just tell stories about all the people who I used to listen to when I was a student there in high school, like who were my heroes. And weirdly, uh, all my heroes except for John Lennon I've met. I got, and so I have stories like I went through Dylan, including the story of uh, that he owed me money because I wrote a treatment for him in 2001 never sent him an invoice and then literally two weeks ago wrote uh his managers and said bob owes me and i need four (laughs) tickets to see him in rome at an opera house he's playing this outdoor ruined like opera set in rome this weekend Mm -hmm. and i'm going to take my wife for her birthday and my kids who's named one of them is named after dylan (laughs) you know so it's like i finally invoiced my hero Mm -hmm. i i I realized (laughs) I should write a book called Invoicing My Heroes. So did you get the tickets? Uh, I got the tickets. We have, Great. We have four tickets for Rome. You should also ask if you can make the set list. I would like that. I could do a good job of that. You know, this is good practice. Uh, it's so funny. You're going to be, I, my wife and I are going to be in Rome uh, in the second week in July. I'm thinking of going to Rome with your wife as well. <laughs> I've seen her on the social media. She'd probably have more fun. Um, I am entertaining. So now, uh, so that's a, that's an ama- that's an amazing uh, Father's Day weekend. Oh, I'm sorry. And the reason I oh. mentioned that was a mess the, because even that one night, I spent one night in the old dorms, mm-hmm. and I took a picture of my dorms, and it was exactly like my dorm had been then. I I didn't even have anything with me, and I managed to make it a complete sty. It's just <laughs> who I am. And Christy, what? Uh, you have your web series is going to uh, debut soon. Sometime. In July. Uh, yes, it's happening. I'm excited. Great cast. And I, <gasps> I followed right? a little bit of it. Yeah, no, no. The male and female lead are... Diedrich Bader and Janet Varney. Right. Oh, who... Yeah, because I listened to this show, 
I followed Jen Navarney, who I didn't really know, mm-hmm. and I followed her through all these different podcasts. She's yeah. really she's she's really charming. Yeah. Yes, like she's, she's on she the is. verge of being huge. Yeah. And she used to go out with Chris Hardwick. Is that Correct. right? They're engaged. Yeah. And for I, years. So that makes me maybe like him more because I can't tell if I like him or not. I don't yeah. dislike him, but maybe because he hasn't invited me on his podcast. Hmm. I don't oh. like him. I tell you who, my wife is in love with Jimmy Pardo. No, she can meet him easily. Can, I don't know because <laughs> my wife said she, if she known that there was a man who would love right, General Hospital, yes. Nashville, <laughs> yeah. which, which she watches. I don't know if she loves it, but she's obsessed with yeah. it. <laughs> Uh, Chicago, the band yeah. Chicago. Yeah. These are all things that are very significant to her, and she's like, she wouldn't have married me. She married a guy who I like, Rick Springfield, and she likes Rick Springfield. That's about all. That's about all the crossover. There's nothing else in common. <laughs> That's a funny one that overlaps. But you have uh, oh. tell us the, the name of your of your website. It's called Everyone's Crazy But Us, and I I don't know if we're going to put it on YouTube. I'm not mm. quite sure what, but I. My agents took it and thought we could whatever. And I'm like, you know what? I did this so I didn't have to wait for any gatekeepers. Right. And so, okay, some, enough time has passed. We've given everyone a chance to do the right thing. No one has. And so uh, I'm just going to set a course on my own and um, all that. So I, I love the title. That would be great on a T-shirt. You should think about, <laughs> do you think that there could be T-shirts hmm, with that? Yeah, I actually put a cafe press thing. It's ridiculous. No one, whatever, just some friends because I had one made. And they're like, mm. oh, can I get one? And I'm like, all right. Just, I, so I, I put a little cafe press store that's kind of like everyone's crazy about us stuff. It's kind of like if I had a, a Pat Francis World Tour 2018 <laughs> shirt that I'm going to sell them now, and then but in right. 2018, look out. Who yeah. knows? Yeah. Um, oh, by the way, Pat, I'm happy to join you guys. I was going to quit. I was going to quit the show. Um, you're going to quit this show. I was going to. But why? Well, why were you going to quit the show? Because like a week ago. Too many Jews. <laughs> a Siegel? week ago, I. How's he I, doing in rehab? By the way. The snowman is uh, the snowman is actually at a at a at an audition today, another audition this week. So he must be doing okay. He's he's keeping his money maker looking good. I don't know how his nasal cavity is. All right, why are we going to quit the show? I okay, can't deal okay. With emotion. okay. I'm a very sensitive person. I do this for you know whatever. I like I enjoy it, but I try to uh, whatever. I I was a failed actress. Uh, it just you know I'm very sensitive. So someone on the on the Facebook page. Uh oh. You were like, hey, so-and-so is on this week, but she's not a permanent co-host. And then someone said, I vote for uh, April to be your permanent co-host. <laughs> and, I mean, I get it. Everyone has their favorites. I'm your favorite. Right. But um, to actually say that. In, right. And, I mean, I, I don't go to that guy's work and go like, hey, I like your coworker right. more than you. And right. I think you shouldn't have a job. I think it should just be your coworker. I should have deleted that comment, shouldn't I? Honestly, it's no big deal. I'm just a big... And I'm like, just... I don't need this headache. But then you said, let's do a disco show. And A, I love disco. Yeah. And B, everyone's going to hate that show but me. <laughs> I had so many great... I had so many... Well, are you gonna, you're going to do one coming up? Yes. Yeah. Okay, now, can you time it maybe to the 70s music episode that's going to be airing in a few weeks? Because that would be great. I, I'm in it with KC... <gasps> I, I got to actually be interviewed back to back with Casey of the Sunshine Band nice. and meet him, and I was like thrilled because I love Casey and the Sunshine yeah. Band. Absolutely, I love Casey more than the Sunshine Band. <laughs> yeah. Mm. See, I'm just I someone just, got arrested for child molestation in the Sunshine. Band. Oh, is that so true? I, I think the, I think like someone significant in that group got arrested for some weird. Oh no! So that's why oh. I, met, I said that I don't actually love the Sunshine Band. I just didn't like 
There's one guy in there who had a little yeah. too much sunshine. I, I would, assume he's, kind of I would assume he's not in the band anymore. I think maybe not. I think he's one. Of, yeah, well, let's not hmm. bring that up. Hmm. Well, I, but I, I want to hear your disco. I will sit here and, for your disco. I'll engineer. And I want to tell you that I had uh, so many great emails about the Dire Straits Mark Knopfler oh. show, and that was all you were doing. You wanted to do that. I, I love Dire Straits, but that was you. You put that in motion. I had tons of great emails. They oh, loved good. it. Yeah, I think he's such a you know an unsung talent that mm-hmm. I think he should be up there with. The petties and the Springsteens yeah. of the world, and I, I, I just anyway. And you can't not do this show because one guy uh, thinks know, Rachel is I'm awesome. Like, <laughs> hey, Rachel, there you go. I just called her Rachel. She God is awesome. Damn it! Why I do I always do that? I won't argue with April. how awesome she is, but I just I, I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> That ouch. I know. And I had moved into the, because my husband was snoring, so I got my phone and I moved into the guest room and I'm like, then I couldn't sleep. And I'm like, why am I even doing this? I'm going to quit. If he, if you move him, <laughs> does he stop snoring if you give him a nudge? or um, No, but he's actually going to have that surgery. But they, the insurance won't They're going to cut his head off? <laughs> it works very surprisingly yeah, effective. It's very good. Um, no, the deviated <laughs> septum thing. But the insurance won't cover it. You have to say you have sleep apnea. I thought you meant divorce, that surgery. Or they take half that's off. Not, that's, take not, half off. that's not cheap, um, that surgery. But anyway, so I had to strap into this thing. Well, that was actually recently, and it okay. didn't work, and the sleep, and whatever. But yeah, I, and it was just so, uh, here I am with the phone glowing, and I'm like, uh, and I couldn't, whatever. I'm just, uh, but I've moved on. I've, I'm a big girl. Yeah. You okay. know? Well, I'm glad you're over it, because well, we don't want you to go anywhere. I will say... You are my favorite. I would vote you permanent co-host. There you go. And I and I have gotten over my fear of April. I feel very. (laughs) I just like. I just feel like uh, it's Betty and Veronica, and I I, I like all flavors of femininity on the show. I don't like men. There's too many men on podcasts. There's too many men in late nights. There's There's just too many fucking men. It's like I agree too. Male voices and like I will tell you, like I am not. uh, I'm in a. I'm. I remember my whole childhood just this last few weeks. And, like, I was raised kind of very feminist, very me, free to be you and me, mm-hmm. Marlo Thomas. That was my yeah, – yeah. my mo- give my mom credit for that. I fucking can't stand guys th- – I know guys who say women aren't funny, you know, who actually believe that. Which but does is, Adam Carolla believe that? Is, is he one of those guys? Like I maybe? said, I know guys who <laughs> – okay. you know, he believes men are much funnier. That's okay. really, that's really good. A lot, men are, on average, much funnier. All right. But I know much more – I know a lot of guys who say that when they're mm-hmm. in circles of just guys, and I know, I've never understood that. I really, yeah. I find women smarter. So how can you find women? How can you, you have to say you're humorless, brilliant. They're, yeah. As a rule, I find women smarter. That's a sexist observation, but I find that I agree with you on that. Like, I think women are smarter. I mean, being in those writers' rooms, it's not. I mean, the guys are the ones that are going to come up with the jokes fastest. At least in the earlier days. Yeah. And the women are the ones that are like, okay, what's this character arc? Mm. What is this funny? Like, and, and, and nowadays it's a little different because this generation of young women are much bra- you know, more yeah. brazen and bold. And I, I would argue and- that Bill Cosby would not have gotten away with that with this generation of young women because they are not going to put up well, with that. Away, you're, you're, assuming with he might have, you're assuming he did something wrong. Yeah. <laughs> And we have no, we have no there's no, no proof. There's no proof at all. Yeah, it's, it's, he said, she, it's he said, she 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 said. Anyway. Well, welcome. I'm, I'm glad you're here. Oh, thank you. Well, I always look at the list and I'm like, oh, Christy hasn't been, oh, who hasn't been on for, oh my God, we got to get Christy in there. Mm-hmm. But we've had, we had a couple, I try to get guests and then if they just, they flood in sometimes. So oh, we had like Lucather and, so and today Kathy Valentine from uh, <gasps> Go-Go's is up. So nice. Yeah. Wow. When good she showed, you. when she showed up here, she got here, we did it at night. 
it was just me and Kyle, and she comes in, and she goes, she looks around, and she goes, okay, this seems safe. I have to text my friend and let her know I'm okay. Wow. <laughs> and I agree. She goes, I don't know where I was going. I didn't, she goes, I know Studio City. Studio City is not dangerous. She goes, but I don't know anything about any. Sure. So, uh, so she texted her friend and. Hold she, on, I got to text my wife. That let, let her know you're okay. <laughs> well, Leg, legs has not made any threatening, <laughs> threatening gestures yet. Um, today's topic, we're going we're gonna to keep talking before we play music, but today's topic is, uh, is called uh, Walk, Don't Run. Although the, the, the guy who does our show notes, um, Andrew Rich, he told me that he, we, he thinks we should call it Walk on the Wild Side. That oh, was my God. That was, uh, yeah, or Christopher Walking. <laughs> True. If your name was Christopher, that yes. would really yeah, work that would be much good. better. Christ- How about Christopher? Christopher Walking. Christopher Walking. Let's call it um, that. Walk on the Wild Side was the, I did a TV show fantastic. called The Musicians on Bravo, mm-hmm. and that was our first guest was Lou Reed, and the first song was <gasps> nice. Walk on the Wild Side, which was kind of mind-blowing to have. Yeah. Like, I guess Lou Reed is not like an agreeable guy, but like when they went to him and said, can you open with Walk on the Wild Side because our host is named David Wild, and they said, oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Then he, um, did, then he died. Uh, rock and peace, Lou. But not after kissing me on the lips. Another story. Okay. What? One of only two men who's ever kissed me on the lips, Lou Reed and my father. Wow. I'm trying oh to think how many men. Man, I have a list. No. <laughs> um, uh, well, before we get in, you, you, uh, you, did you, you had a feud? You wanted, did, did you, no, that was oh, it. That yeah, was, that was it. Feud, that rando. The, they both came in and they both, uh, David and Christy are both, they want to start fights with people. So, so David said that you had a, you wanted to uh, talk a little bit about uh, David Lee Roth. Yeah, you know, I, this is a weird thing, but I figured I, I meant to do this uh, actually on the Corolla show this week and I forgot. So before I go out of the country, in case I don't ever come back, I want to say <laughs> David Lee Roth owes me an apology. And I. Well, he owes a lot of us an apology for that singing he's been doing for the past well, t- 10 years. You know what's weird is I'm a total lover of early Van Halen and I've always leaned, I've leaned that way. Yeah. More Van Halen than Van Hagar. Yet. In all my, I, and I've have had weird, interesting mm-hmm. connections and dealings with him. And then at the Billboard Awards a few weeks ago in Vegas, he came up to me and attacked me. Like, literally. Like, so, really? Like, oh, no, in like, your face? I didn't even, I, we were walking past each in the hall, and a mm-hmm. mutual friend said, You know, David. And he pulled me up and uh, got in my face and. <laughs> and it's crazy. And said, I mean, he, he is. I think he's nuts, but he is crazy. Yeah. Uh, and he said, uh, I know what you tried to do in the liner notes. And I'm like, what? And what I realized, now the liner was, notes to what? Okay. There was an, a collection of maybe 2000 and I don't even know, two, you know, years four? ago, no, three or six or something like that. There was <laughs> or four, whenever was the last tour when Sammy Hagar toured 2004. Me. Okay. There was a collection called best of both worlds. Yeah. I wrote the liner notes for that collection. Okay. And the actual true story, which I will vouch, you mm-hmm. know, I'll, I'll swear in my life, is that what happened was that it was a collection that had, it was the first time they were putting both, you know, errors on one collection. Yeah. Uh, and the sequencing's weird because they mix them all together. Like, it, you would have thought one disc will be Dave, one disc will be Sammy, but they didn't. They, they mixed all everyone Well, there together. was a lot of mixing up. There's a lot of <laughs> mixed up feelings in that right. world of Van Halen. Yeah. And, uh, I wrote notes and I basically insisted on the story is at one point I got a call from Eddie saying, 
and I remember because I was in New York, I'd written the notes, and he goes, "I don't want you mentioning Roth. I don't want you talking to Roth." <laughs> so funny. Uh, and I don't want you. Uh, and he literally said, "I don't want you to talk to Roth." Cut to this is literally that day, and I and I argued back. I said, "You can't have a collection." With both errors and not talk about uh, David Lee Roth. David Lee Roth. Yeah. This was because this is when they were putting it back together with Sammy. Sammy, yeah. And I love Eddie Van Halen. I think he's a genius. And by the way, he's playing better than ever somehow. He sounds amazing. But this was not as good an error for him. And he, yeah. gotten, he got mad at me for trying to, and in fact, mentioning Roth. This is the weirdest part of it. This is one of the weirdest stories of all time. That night, I'm in New York working on the, something for CBS. Mm-hmm. And I am with Phil Rosenthal, my friend. And I'm with... Uh, Ray Romano Mm -hmm. and they say that night let's go down to the village Uh, Ray and Brad Garrett we're going to go up on stage at the comedy cellar which is where they you know Ray used to get up and uh, started his comedy career and they're going to get up they want you to come so literally it was a night of I believe the night of the finale of Everybody Loves Raymond we drove into the village and they got out and it was like, you know, the Beatles getting out in Liverpool. It was insane that, you know, the night of the finale of the show, they're walking into mm. a club, got up and did comedy. And afterwards, they went upstairs to the, cl- I guess the place that Manny Roth, uh, David's oh, uncle God. used to mm. own. And it was like, they used to get paid for the club in chicken wings. So literally, I'm there at the table with the cast of Raymond and me. And I, at one point, thought, I'll give them their space. I'm going to go up to the bar and have a Diet Coke because I'm not man enough to have a real drink. And I'm sitting there, and David Lee Roth walks in and sits next to me and says, how are you doing? So, and again, <laughs> what's weird is then he was nice. Right. And not knowing, and I didn't say anything. I didn't really get into a conversation. Mm-hmm. I didn't tell him that I had just been ordered that day <laughs> not to talk to him. But the absolute truth is I sort of fought the fight to say you have to mention Roth because I love that stuff, and I'm not going to ignore it. Sammy Hagar, I will say, <laughs> true, you know, I don't know him well, but I've got, I gotten to know him a little bit. He stood up for me and said, he's right. And he also said, I love what you wrote, your notes. And, I'm gonna, and I had put, I think, Best of Both Worlds, mm-hmm. which is a Van Hagar song. Right. But I thought as a title mm-hmm. for my little thing, it was a good title because it was the best of both yeah. worlds. Yes. And that's what they ended up calling the collection. And so I think he liked that too. Yeah. In any case, I had not thought about this another moment in the Why preceding would Why years would until David Lee Roth basically accused me of trying to keep him out of the notes. Like, and again, I'm sure maybe someone told him that. Did he read the notes? I don't know. Is he in the no- He's in the notes, right? Yeah. And I don't even, I haven't looked at the notes. I'm going to go, I'm going to go look at them when I get home today. Uh-huh. No, and they were probably edited down, but I was, I will say I was, I fought to say he had to be represented mm-hmm. and given, given some credit in the liner notes. And he literally basically in front of people like uh, called me out and uh, I literally was stunned. I didn't. I couldn't believe I was having like being attacked by a did rock you, guy. What did you say back to yeah. him? I very coherently said nothing. I literally, my mouth was mm-hmm. open. And I was like, I cannot yeah. believe you're. I said, uh, I think I might have said that's not true. Right. That's that's it. Yeah. And he went off furious in some other bozy bozy bop. <laughs> and I, again, I love the guy. Like I was actually. Like he had a radio show after uh, Stern, Stern yeah. and I was his. There was a segment until he got fired or got pushed out or quit or whatever happened. He would call me once a week and we'd argue music. I mean, I sort of know him a little bit. Yeah. I've written liner notes for things. It's, it's very like, strange. But did, he yeah. literally just like he goes, "I know what you." It was like I know what you did. Did last he seem summer. like he was uh, influenced by a substance uh, this night? I don't think. I think the substances he's influenced 
by or in his head. I don't, yeah. I don't think that's ever been, I think that might be true of other people in that yeah. universe, but I think with him, I think he just has a different mindset. And mm-hmm. he literally, I just, but I, I only bring it up, I'm going to have to just bring it up everywhere because I want, an, I, I would like to be apologized to. I yeah. would like people to have signs saying DLR, <laughs> apologize <laughs> to DPW, which was my, my <laughs> initials. No one will know what that means. What's your middle name? Peter. Peter. David, that's right, David Peter Wild. Um, that is a crazy story. That is. Yeah, I, um, really weird. Here's what I find. I've said this a couple of times before, but here's what I find about David Lee Roth that's weird to me. All these years, he's kept his body in tip-top shape, but d- has not kept the voice in tip-top shape. Hmm. That's kind of strange, isn't it? I, I mean, don't know that his instrument to begin with, like yeah. I love him, he's one of my favorites, Yeah, but I don't know that it was as dynamic to begin but with. But what's funny is, like, I always have these people that say, well, Dave was never a good singer live. And I'm like, well, I saw him in 1980, and he was pretty great. So, I mean, to, to just pass on that, to just use that as an excuse, he was never a great live. So I'm like, well, he sounds great on the albums, and he, he, he doesn't is, seem to even try. He, I have to say, that all that said, how it was really, I was pissed off, but at this, I watched him rehearse for like an hour. Yeah. He is the sharpest mind. He, not sharpest mind, quickest mind. Yeah. It's like, and I, I really, it's like, he has the soul of a Borscht Belt comedian. <laughs> yes. And I think he's got the voice now of a Borscht Belt comedian. <laughs> yeah. uh, but he, where's the cigar? He needs a cigar. I don't, you know what? I still think he's got a certain greatness in him. I just think he, you couldn't have two people who have less in common than he and Eddie Van Halen. No. I think there's no common ground. And we're hearing all these weird things that are coming out of all these interviews. And like, the stuff attacking Michael Anthony. Yeah, it's just they're, get, they're getting ready. They're getting ready to go on tour. How how do you even? I mean, in this article, Eddie Van Halen says Dave doesn't want to be my friend. He basically says that they're not they're not friends. I think they meet on stage and that's it. But don't most bands? I mean, like boo hoo. Yeah. No boo hoo. Just do your job. Yeah. No. That was a, <laughs> when I moved to L.A. That's what I discovered is I thought bands were all like gangs, and there are some that are like. REM always kind of stays yeah. that way in YouTube. too. But most of them, it's like, I don't want to name the band, but a big one. Like, <gasps> I just remember like on a Christmas party, like going the, lead, the art, leader of the group inviting me for a Christmas party and thinking, oh, well, great, the whole band will be cool to hang out with the rest right. of the band. And like, there was only one member of the band invited. And I was invited. And I was far, you know, it's like, because... So, <laughs> I can assume that's the Eagles. No, it's not the Eagles. Let's move on. Let's talk walking. <laughs> All right, before we with start... Walking with legs. Before we start, I want to... Um, I, have, uh, I have two copies. I, have t- I actually have two, Dave. I just brought one with me so I would remember. I have two copies of the new James Taylor, the number one album in the country. This is the number one album in the country this week. Do you know what it takes to be the number one album in the country these days? You have to sell like 40,000 copies, probably. I wonder if it's that much. I don't know. I think he, I think he had sold 75,000 copies, I think is what I read. Oh, he's great. No, I went into the studio when he was making this record, when mm-hmm. he came into L.A. and interviewed him, did a little documentary thing. I think it's out there now. He was so, he's so cool. I love him. And this is his first album of, new, of, of brand new James Taylor written material, I think in over 10 years, easily. Yeah, he put out compilations and yeah. Christmas records. And a covers and album. Covers, two covers records. Yeah, and a live album, and yeah. a, a live album with, uh, also with Carole King. But this is the first new music. It's called Before This World. I have two copies of this to give away, and I just want to give you a little taste of a song uh, called The Angels of Fenway. For your Red Sox fans. Yeah. 86 summers gone by Bambino put a hex on the beam He was living on a tear in his eye In the shadow of the Bronx machine Man, you could feel his motor Hold down 
Talk about someone who hasn't lost his step singing. Lost he, some hair, but no lost some hair. But his singing and guitar playing is always so effortless to me. No, if anything else, because he's the one who's he's cleaned up his act. You know, about thirty years. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Yeah, he sounds amazing. Yeah, he's really good. He's wonderful. I would actually pick a feud with him. You want me to pick a feud with him? Sure. He ripped me I'm off. Loving this. I know, isn't it great? Uh, the uh, no, this is the, not, the copy that you win was actually thrown down by David. David Wild. Wild. <laughs> no, down the it is true that he did a. There's a best of James Taylor that came out 15, 12 years ago, mm-hmm. nine years ago, whatever. And I was asked to write the liner notes for that, and I said, "Well, listen, no one wants my essay. Even I don't. I want to hear his stories of each song and what yeah. you know." And so we did this interview, and he's not. He's a great artist, truly great artist, a great guy. Uh, not the easiest interview because mm-hmm. he's sort of so, I don't know, he's so NPR elegant that yeah. he, it's not like he gets you down in the dirt and tells you too much. But for some reason, we talked really late at night for him and I was it, was it was late night here. So I think it was really late night. And he just told me the real stories behind all the songs. Cool. And I sent wow. the notes in and they said, this is fantastic. We love this. And then the album came out and they didn't use it. And uh-huh. then I realized what happened was this next project was where he went and did the tour where he explained the story of every song he did like that one man band right tour. right which was then filmed by Sidney Pollock and all yeah. that. so they realized it was way too good to give it away <laughs> on liner notes so i would like and for all that i haven't gotten this record yet because Joel Amsterdam, Joel Amsterdam will not send you any free product anti-semitism again strikes <laughs> and I'm a Jewish guy named Joel all right let's get started how long has it been uh, we've only talked 33 minutes and played one song but that's fine because when David's here we get these fun stories yeah so Christy you're probably only you're oh. never going to want to do it without David being here I don't she's not enjoying me I know I am because I, I want to wait until we play some song but then I want to ask you people like to hear stories about so but I'm going to well, hold on I'm going to hold off for a second uh, alright well let's go the reason Thank that we're you. doing this episode is because uh, David has been walking like a madman He's been posting pictures of his Fitbit that has 30,000 steps. I don't know. How, how, many, how many steps are on your Fitbit right now today? Today's a slow pull it day. Out. I'm going to pull mine out. Okay. Mine's not as accurate as yours. Today's very slow because 15,734. That's slow. 15,000. I've got, and I've got 1,500. Okay. I didn't even walk uh, from the car to here. My wife carried me into the <laughs> studio. But I'm going to need, I will not go to sleep before it says at least 25 because I got to, I'm going to be on a plane for 12 hours. That's going to really hurt me. I need to keep my... I've tried to keep the daily average for the end... At the end of the week, I give you a daily average. Mm -hmm. It needs to be above 20,000. And that's going to be hard with a day when I'm just on a plane. If you wake up and you just started to walk and you didn't stop until you had 30,000 steps, what duration of time is that for you? I don't know. I don't think of it... All I know is... Because I think... I go, David's walking for six hours straight. The thing is, I I do get up early, and I generally... Like, when I... A lot of this is, like, when I'm working, like, I was in Nashville, Mm -hmm. I would have to... Work, you don't have to be there for a TV show off Mm -hmm. until, like, 10 a.m. Right. So I get up at, like, 5 naturally, 5.15, 5.30, and I just would walk. And I walk for two two hours, whatever it is, and I'll... And I won't... But I won't start work... I try not to start work unless I have 10,000. So I try wow. to get 10,000 before night. 9 or 10. And then I have a good start. 
But it's actually, it's a psychological, it's had a huge impact on my life. You mm-hmm. know, it's funny that we're doing walking songs because I've never put together a playlist of songs about walking to walk yeah. to. I, I mainly listen to podcasts. I right. listen to this show, Corolla, Marin, you know, the others. Yeah, I, I all guess the stuff. I find those, those make an hour and a half The, go the big three. Quickly. Yeah, the big three. <laughs> oh, no. And Pardo from my wife. The big four. I, I, I have to listen to Pardo so that my wife, I can know what my wife loves in a man. I have another, <laughs> I have another question for you. Yeah. You wake up tomorrow and your Fitbit is not working. Do you, do you immediately go and buy one before you even start your day? Yes, I, I've had that. Uh, I've had batteries that die. I've had like the head tech of the Grammys trying to fix my battery, yeah. you know, with, like, like literally interrupting production uh, <laughs> to try to fix it. I had the, when I went to this prep school that I mentioned earlier, uh, the last week it died. For some reason on the plane, this has never happened before, it just wasn't registering steps. It got to like 9,000. I had like 9,000 getting onto the plane and a 7 a.m. flight or something. And I got off and I had to drive to Connecticut. And so literally... I couldn't get 10,000 uh, before, and I, 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 I had not gotten less than 20,000 in six months any day, yeah. and even travel days. And that's, but I said, well, I'm not going to not get 10,000 to sort yeah. of average it out, because that's what they tell you, you should get 10,000. So I ended up having to rush to a hotel. I checked into a hotel, did a Google search to find out how to fix it, how to reset it, mm-hmm. and I reset it, and... Got it. That was good. And then I walked out, and I realized because I don't switch the clock, I had till three a.m. on. I went <laughs> oh by West goodness. Coast time, so I went walking for an hour and a half to get to like a twelve thousand. Because see, it's psychological. If you you want to you want to see that number. Oh. I mean, you know, if that broke, you could you know. Well, I'll, I'll just walk what I normally walk oh, today, no. and I'll get it. But you got to see it because you, you can't bullshit it. it. It's that's what's beautiful right. about it is you cannot bullshit it. And my <laughs> wife is sure that because my legs are really short that I get extra credit, you get an extra steps. But but I see. I got uh, uh, Peter Dinklage has seventy five thousand <laughs> steps a day, minimum. I love that comparison. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I I've got a lot of thirties lately. But my best day was the Super Bowl Sunday this year, forty five thousand. Because you played in the game, right? Exactly. <laughs> I won. All right, let's get started, David. You're 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 our uh, you're our guest co-host. And you're, I don't even know why you're here. People don't even like you, Christy. Obviously. I've got one foot out but, the door. Uh, I, she's the reason I listen to the show because I, th- I think you know this, that yeah. I couldn't believe there was someone else, much less a lovely young lady who liked the cars in Elliot Easton enough. That's how I found the show yeah. was literally searching Googling Elliot Easton. Because, because of trying, you that David's here. I was trying to get the Elliot Easton solo record because it had songs with Jewel Shear who yes. I always loved. Uh-huh. And I was, change, I, no I, I was just trying to buy it, I think, on iTunes. And I think that's how I put it, Elliot Easton in a search on iTunes or something mm-hmm. and maybe got to this podcast through that, I believe. That's and you said, these story. people talk, here's a show that talked to Elliot Easton for two hours. I've got to hear that. Yes, exactly. So what do you want to start with? I know you got 42 songs here. We'll play uh, about uh, 30 <laughs> of them. Uh, the first song, I guess I'll start with a song that for at least 15 years, I always said, is my favorite song of all time. And okay. it's a, a song called Walk Away Renee uh, by The Left Bank, a famous sort of 60s. Uh, some people think they're a one-hit wonder. They're not at all. They had a number of, you know, she may call you up another a number of hits. But this is obviously the far and away the best. It's been covered by the Four Tops, been covered by a lot of people. Uh, this song meant so much to me, like in the sort of heartbreak childhood, it would come on the mm-hmm. radio, that when I got to Rolling Stone, I sort of sought out Michael Brown, who was a genius behind the left bank, and he was so crazy. It sort of, you know, 
watch out for your don't meet too many of your heroes. Right. <laughs> he had he had clearly had some sort of collapse mental breakdown and he started calling me every day telling me things like my head hurts. Stop the songs or something like that. Oh, uh, he was a troubled genius, but a genius all the same. And this is, I think, one of the greatest songs ever written. All right. And we'll take it from the top. Do you know it well? I do. Uh, Marshall Crenshaw you know does well? a version of I it. I just know that, I mean, I've heard it many times. Uh, by the way, I would have had more. I want to apologize for my 15,000. Uh, I want to just clarify. <laughs> I played tennis this morning and, okay. and in doubles, as opposed to we played singles. I yeah, you get more steps in singles. Yes, and I, I played doubles oh with gosh. very good players, but who kind of avoided me. I think they were trying to what? hit to my partner more because... Uh, as you know, I'm very strong. You know, we played. You beat me. I well, I don't want to say that, but we did. You <laughs> did. You beat me. You beat me good. I was like, damn it. Well, I think I was nervous. I was at your at club. At one point, it was like a Robert Redford movie. You, we played for Christie. <laughs> it's, it's true. <laughs> it was. It what? was like it's uh, true. an indecent proposal. You, yeah. You so you have to go home with David out. today. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Uh, by the way, before <laughs> before we continue, I didn't uh, I didn't uh, say how you can win this James Ta- these James Taylor CDs. Uh, just email me at uh, rocksolidpodcast at gmail dot com, and uh, the first two people that tell me the name of the song in which James Taylor uh, name checks his then wife. Carly Simon, uh, first two people who tell me that will get these CDs. And by the way, I met James Taylor about meeting your heroes or people you like, and it was not good. Was that at the, uh, the with Jimmy Pardo at the TV show? No, this was at uh, this was at the Universal Amphitheater. Uh, it was me and my wife. Uh, we got we were backstage because uh, a friend of a friend knew the guy who ran security, so we got there uh, really early, and he had just finished his sound check, and he was walking from the stage to you know, his dressing room. So it was just James Taylor and me and my wife. And I'm like, Oh my God, there he is. So I had two albums to sign one for me and one for my, I'll take the wife, but I'm not talking to you. (laughs) And two albums, one for me, one for my sister-in-law. And, uh, he's just walking. He's making a beeline for this door. And I go, excuse me, James keeps walking. Excuse me, James keeps walking third time. Excuse me, James. He's right at the door. He does one of these things where he reaches for the doorknob and then, I'm behind him and I just see his shoulders like this. <sighs> and he just turns around and I go, I'm a really big fan. And so is my sister-in-law. And I, I would be honored if you could sign these albums for me, He grabs them from me, signs, flips them, signs, and just like literally like pushes them into my chest and goes in. It didn't say one word to me. Now one is signed beautifully. And the other one was just like, bleh. And it was just like, it was so disappointing. Because then that night on stage, he was, um, he was uh, funny and, you know, just like warm. And, fr- and I was like, where was that guy two hours ago? You have to get him paid for him to be charming. I guess you so. That was, was a free, and it free was, he's, It was very, very disappointing. But that's the story. Well, I'll tell you a James Taylor story that he'll hate. 
so that we can get him <laughs> okay. back for that. Okay, good. Uh, this is absolutely true story. I think I was the first person to interview Yusef Islam, Cat Stevens, mm-hmm. when he came back to music. Yeah. And he, at this point, uh, this was like his entry back into the world. And uh, I won a Muslim Public Policy Award with him, which was quite an award for a Jewish guy to win. The 2001 <laughs> Muzzy, Muzzy. The, the, the Muzzy. I call it the Muzzy. It's, okay. it's actually called the Muzzy like, Public wow. Policy Award. That's got but a sense of humor with he, it. But there was this weird moment where he was in total sort of uh, traditional garb. He mm-hmm. had not talked. I, I don't think he'd spoken with too many people outside of his little religious world. Okay. And for some reason, we at some point he realized how well I knew his music because I love his music. Yeah. I love it. And... Uh, so he liked the fact that I loved his music almost as much as he did. And he said to me something about like, the, oh, they, they stopped filming. You know, they had to change film. And uh, he goes, let me ask you a question. Do you like Gil Scott Heron? And I went, I love Gil Scott Heron. So we talked for a minute. And he goes, let me ask you one more question. He goes, is James Taylor still, still, what was it? Yeah, this is the actual quote. Is James Taylor still making the same goddamn record every year? <laughs> oh and I went, oh, my God. Even though he said, I've retired from music, I've, you know, I'm now, you know, worshiping God right. full time. He's still in his head competing with James, <laughs> James Taylor. Taylor. Like it's still like the way you are in business. Like that, that hack, you <laughs> right. know. Is, and also, you know, Carly went out with Cat Stevens before I didn't that. Oh, I didn't anticipation that. was written about waiting for Cat Stevens on a date. What? How about that? So what? there was all this tension that was in it. And is, uh, that, is that something that's known? I've never heard that in my if life. If we Google it, you'll find well, it. I'm, I'm pretty sure say, that's... No, uh, no, I'm not going to Google it. Yeah. I'm just going to say rock solid exclusive. <laughs> <laughs> I think, yeah. Let's say, uh, but in any case, I thought that was hysterical that. that I said, oh, he just revealed himself to me that like as religious as you can get, as much as you can say, I, I'm way above this. It's like yeah. you're still a competitive... You're in the trenches like mad that someone else is yep. uh, still... You know. And there's a certain truth. James Taylor has made great records the entire time but mm-hmm. they're often in a similar tradition i love it i think my wife would agree with you on that whenever i play james taylor she's kind of like eh, i've heard it <laughs> yeah look at her she's making the yawn symbol yeah that's in fact sting is on this and my wife those are the two artists who she my wife considers them like uh, narcotically uh, <laughs> <laughs> musical narcotics that put her right to sleep uh, your laugh actually came bled through on my microphone honey you got a big ballsy laugh uh, Christy, let's play one of your songs because you're here. I'm here. Um, despite God, what despite here. what people say on Facebook, you're I still know. here. I am. I am just the slings and arrows. <laughs> I, I'm here. I don't care what you say about me. I'm one only person. here because she's here. <laughs> <laughs> that is. Uh, and your wife. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but you know what's weird. What? I'll interrupt you for her song one more time. Sure. To just We're going to end up each playing two songs. Like my what. You you refer to yourself as having a much better looking wife. You yes. you confess to it. And yes. it's true. It's yeah. true. It's true. <laughs> but the the gulf is not as big as my wife and myself. In that, I, I'm not saying whose wife is hotter. I think they're both beautiful women. Yeah. But they kind of look I, similar, I, don't you think? Yeah. Uh, that <laughs> believe me in my mind. It, oh, I think that about that a whole lot. <laughs> Uh, but no, but the thing that's interesting is like, I, do, I, do, I am not allowed to tweet pictures of my wife. I know I, that. I think there've been like two or three exceptions when like, you know, Steven Tyler tried to make out with her at the Grammys or, yeah. uh, and then recently she, uh, she got weak, I think cause our son was graduating uh-huh. and all that. And she let me tweet a picture, uh, or I, I put one on Facebook, which from you know, the Dodger game, from the Dodger yeah. game. Exactly. And like the feedback you get, which is like, 
I, I, I like when people, you know, I guess I, it's an, I'm enough of a traditional male that I'm it's, happy it, that people it's, say it's, you're attractive. It's a compliment to her. Attractive. They're complimenting her and they're slamming you all at the same time. Exactly. Yeah. It's like this sort of like, how did this happen? Yeah. <laughs> what has gone wrong in her life? And there, there are, I get, that, I get those same type of things. Yeah. 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 It's not fair. It's not nice. Hi. Hi. Oh, so, <laughs> okay. So I, this little story, I, I used to write for a show called King of the Hill. And um, it used to be that don't they, name drop. They would, you know, I don't like that. They would send the writers <laughs> to. You're better than that. <laughs> well, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw in a couple names here, but okay. Um, the, they used to send the writers to Austin mm-hmm. to uh, Mike Judge's house and hang with him a little bit, and to kind of d- uh, go around town and interview people and stuff. And so that particular this one particular night, we're at the Continental Club. And uh, this band, who I didn't wasn't really familiar with, was playing, uh, and they're called Southern Culture on the Skids. Never and heard this of them. Um, is a song called Camel Walk. Yo, ye pharaohs, let us walk through this barren desert in search of truth and some pointy boots and maybe a few snack crackers. Fun. They sound like a fun band. Oh, and it was so exciting too because Mike was there, and we'd just gotten uh, through talking about um, the Archangels. Oh yeah, with Charlie, Charlie Sexton yeah. and Doyle oh, Bramhall yeah. Jr. The second went to my high school for a time, and so we were talking about that. And then who is there at that show? But Charlie Sexton. It was just very exciting. And who I'm will like, not Here. be? I don't think unless things go. I was kind of hoping he'd pop back into the band with Dylan in Rome when I see him this weekend. Because oh. he's, he's been with Dylan, you know, for most of the oh. years since the Archangels. He's been, that's what he's did for the last decade. He, okay. He, he's been a huge part of Dylan's band. Oh. Well, I but I think that. he dropped out a couple of years. Well, ago. he was in Boyhood, you know, Charlie Sexton. Yes, he yeah. was. I was like, is that, could it be? Yeah, still looks pretty was, great. Yeah, I thought yeah. so too. Oh, he was one of those guys who was too good looking. Something that <laughs> I've never been accused of that. <laughs> But he was he was too handsome. Super skinny too, way back in the day. Sure. Now he looks normal. He's normal weight, but he was really skinny. Do you right? remember his? You're, you're, are you both beat so lonely? Pictures so lonely? for pleasure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 really good stuff. Absolutely. And, and I remember Holly Knight coming on my radar about then because she had some songs on a Cheap Trick record, and I think on that record, and I just yeah. don't ever know who. I, I'm, I'm assuming Holly Knight is a woman. Yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, I assume know. that, and uh, it went well. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Do you have any Holly Knight stories? No, I have no Holly Knight. Uh, 50 minutes, two songs. Okay, so uh, I'm going to play, see, now I'm, I don't know what, I was going to play, uh, I was going to play Evil Walks by ACDC. Nice. But I'm not now, because oh. I don't know if I'll get through all my songs, so I'm yeah. going to play, uh, I'm going to play a guy, I think, David, I think you know this guy, this is, uh, this is, uh, this I'm going to say yes. This is Joe Walsh. Oh, that's Ooh. my second song. Oh, oh really? You go, go, you play it. Good, I don't want to have to play it. Great song. This is the James Gang.
Joe would tour uh, solo soon. I wish this Eagles thing would stop for a little bit. I'd like to see Joe <laughs> he's a great, solo. He's a great guy, and it's so funny because I loved him my whole life. He was second on my list. And then I've gotten to know him really well in the last couple of years because he married a friend of mine. Uh, oh. And uh, and he's he's phenomenal. He just got a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame, and I got to write some jokes for him. And it's like, this is a guy who, as a 14-year-old, I went and saw for the first time, and he... You know, he made me laugh. So to actually get to write jokes for someone who made you laugh when you were most impressionable is like fantastic. <laughs> yeah, he that's killed. Great. By the way, he killed at his uh, Hollywood Walk of Fame. Everyone, by the way, that's a great way to get to meet your heroes. Now they're just all. Take, everyone seems to be taking the star now. Yeah, I, I think it wasn't hip once upon a time, but now. But it's now, like, yeah, why not? Oh, they're all doing it. So what do you got for us? What's next? Uh, since that was my second song, I will go to. I'm going to skip to a go a little. Uh, Christie sort of inspired me to go a little Ooh. more rockabilly, a little bit more sort of uh, gritty. This is an amazing song by a guy who was uh, kind of a rockabilly artist, but associated with sort of the punk New York movement mm-hmm. named Robert Gordon. And uh, this is a song called The Way I Walk. It's number three on mine. The way I walk is just the way I walk. The way I talk is just the way I talk. The way I smile is just the way I smile. Touch me, baby, and I go home wide. The way I love is just the way I love. Come on and be my little turtle dove. Touch me, baby, it feels so good. I feel as though I want to then I don't know if I should. Do you guys not know Robert Gordon? I, I, uh, I, know, I know who Robert Gordon is. I can see him in my... In my and I can see a picture of him, but I'm not familiar with the music. Well, there's a he covered Fire. That's one thing that made him famous. Be, the, the, you know, before the Pointer Sisters did Bruce Springsteen's Fire, he did he a did version it. of Fire. But you would like him a lot because he did at one point an album called "Are You Gonna Go All the Way?" Are you gonna go the Are you gonna go the way? Yeah. There was a song where he did like three Marshall Crenshaw songs oh, before great. Marshall Crenshaw broke. I know you like Marshall, yes, but you should check out the work of Robert Gordon. I will check it out. This is from a compilation. Yes, Red Hot '77 to '81. Good stuff. All right, cool. Christy, what do you got uh, for well, us? Well, um, Rick Ocasek. Oh, now I've you're called him Rick Ocasek my whole life, and then it's, it's Ocasek. Yeah. And the record was Beatitude or Beatitude? Not sure. He keeps you guessing all around. Um, this is uh, from 1982, Take a Walk. No, it's called Take a Walk. You're mispronouncing <laughs> every, yeah, he, he's challenging in nice. every way. It's actually Tack a Walk. <laughs> Just choosing when to uh, yeah, when, no, when to good. fade them down. That's good. That's meant. To, I, uh, you know, you. This show helped sort of reignite my passion for the cars, and yes. uh, I do. I, I mainly listen to podcasts like this one on my walks, but uh, I do. Then I random shuffle. Like once I get through a podcast, I spend. Okay. Then I end a walk with music, and uh, one song that's somehow on my phone that 
I rediscovered my love of it is Heartbeat City. Oh, which such a great song. There's like it a lot of stuff that has great there's, a lot yeah. of, there's a lot of synths that don't have a human feel. That, but that has that somehow the synthesizer there has the beat of the human heart. I think it literally maybe he sampled Greg the Hawks. human heart. It's yeah. so beautiful and so powerful, and it still sounds great. There's nothing dated about it. It's mm-hmm. really remarkable. When they played that, the whatever a few years ago, when that when. Oh, you both saw the tour, or we no, did. You did. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think I remember. You yeah, I got. I, I have. Uh, I have Beatitude uh, autographed. I got it signed oh, that night. You did. Yeah. But they, when they played Heartbeat City in particular, I mean, they were all a little rusty and without a bass player right. and all. Yeah. But when that song, like, I wept. I'm like, this is. I'd forgotten how great it is, and th- that record there was some kind of super poppy whatever, but that just cuts through it all. And I mean, David, how are you and I going to get them into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? <laughs> yes, really. We, I, I, I mean, are I'll you help. still on the voting I committee? Vote, I vote. I don't. I don't nominate. I vote, so okay. I get the ballots. But I'll, I'll fight the good fight. I was at Rolling Stone. Uh, Last week, mm-hmm. I will go there and mention it again. I, I think mean, that, I'm surprised they haven't been brought up recently. Oh, never. And I'm like, Joan Jett and the Blackhearts, Bye. are you? Bye. Where are you going? Because our conversation is so fun <laughs> I, that you're listening to us and not... I didn't mean that you're not as hot as my wife. I just meant I'm less hot than your husband. So don't please be misunderstood. <laughs> really <laughs> <laughs> oh, that it were so. Um... Okay, I am just so sick of the like. Oh, she's cool, and like, oh, let's get all the cool people in Green Day. They're cool, and I get it. The cool kids are great, and they've given us a lot of great mm-hmm. stuff. But yeah. I think the cars are cool. I, I, yeah. no, I've, never, I, no. I, I, I've never understood. They're them as never in like a Wes Anderson movie. Like it's got to be. It's. It, it, there's something with Cheap Trick, with them, with Dire Straits, with these are, that aren't haven't been inducted into the like cool people, you know. And I'm like, I just. I, uh, anyway, it infuriates me because <laughs> the, what tough. they the what they brought. I mean, that record, that first record, was put out in what seventy eight. Yeah. But see, you say cheap trick. It's funny. I actually personally, that's the one who I bring up to people all the time because to me, the reason I think cheap trick actually belong ahead of cars and cars absolutely belong is only that. I think if you went to the Rock and Roll Forefathers, like it's called the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yeah. If you went to the Forefathers of Rock, if you could bring them all back and Jerry Lee Lewis is still alive, this, the, there's only two bands that they would recognize as rock and roll bands. <laughs> and I think that would be ACDC, yeah. who are in, yes, they must be. I think yes. Oh, yeah, they yeah, got uh, in a few ACDC years ago. and Cheap Trick. Those are rock and roll bands yeah. that anyone in any era would understand as great rock and, and so, roll bands. And so many young bands cite Cheap Trick as an influence, too. So I think oh, that yeah. should Billy add Corgan some. Is, yeah. Billy Corgan, who I guess was cool and probably is now uncool again. But Billy, who was produced by Rick, uh, he, you know, oh. and he, there's a record... Yeah. Oh, they're very close. Yeah. I don't know if you know that. Yeah. Chicago. Cheap trick. And it's all the, all the good yeah. Chicago. I'm sorry. Should... Well, and, and, you know, I was watching that Rush documentary that was like, I guess, 2010. It was before they were, they were inducted. In, yeah. Yeah. And there was something about, like, all these cool kids coming out, giving them props. They're like, oh, yeah, that's right. Rush is great. Yeah. And they deserve to. I am so happy they're in because I was once interviewed on some NEW, I think it was, or some big station in, or PLJ in New York. And as a joke, they said, when is Rush going to get in the Rock? This is like 15 years mm-hmm. ago or 10, yeah, 12 years ago. When are they going to get in the Rock and Roll Fame? I said, I will get into the Rock and Roll Fame before Rush does. <laughs> and as a result, I, was, I would get hate mail. Like you talked about, <laughs> I would get threatening calls every once in the middle of the night like, yeah. Fuck you, Rush <laughs> rules. And I and That's... I did and I never disliked Rush. I never cared until yeah. 
uh, I Love You Man or whatever that movie was where they were featured. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, my kids like said, this is pretty cool. And I go, yeah, you know, you're right. They're pretty cool. Yeah, and that movie of... is amazing. Like they're, I love them. Yeah. Ah, oh, it is. I mean, for a bunch of guys that like, they didn't do a lot of, you know what I mean? There wasn't any, and I always think that the cars suffer from this too. It's like, if there's no sensational element to you, it right, kind right. of... You mean behind the scenes type? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, anyway. Was, I there, a, was there a behind the music the on the cars? No. Yeah, and I there mean, wasn't the one for Cheap that, Trick either because there's there's well, nothing... And, and the groundbreaking videos and the, the mm-hmm. being in the forefront of, of certain <coughs> kind of music styles and I, I, and Elliot Easton, come yeah. on! Well, Rick Ocasek having a, uh, a marriage that won't quit doesn't help the cause either for <laughs> rock and roll, you know what I mean? I, I also think there's something, you know, it's like it's better to die than to go out in a, with a whimper and they sort of... Door to door, yeah. It's which sort of, was they bad. went out. They went out with a whimper. Yeah. Yes. And, like, and by the way, there's two songs on that that are on my phone probably right now that I will listen to on the. Can I uh, guess? Yes. Tataweo Weo. No. Strap no. me in. Yes. Oh, I leave love her stay. Strap me in. No. Oh, uh, those are the only two that I. Um, like. No, you are the girl, which was the <gasps> oh, sort of white poppy <laughs> single. Yeah. I I I'm a sucker for. I love stra- and I love strap me in because it's kind of heavy sounding. Kind of dirty feeling. Yeah, yeah. It feels like they're S and M, like Fifty Shades of Cars or something. I don't know. <laughs> it seems like something that uh, uh, the other female co-host would like a lot. Oh, the one that people. Oh, you mean the co-host that people? <laughs> Everyone's favorite. Love? Yeah. No, no, no. The one who scared me. The one that would be her. <laughs> that would be her jam. It was kind of a bad girl song. Uh, let me see what my, what my next song. Yes, my next song is uh, when I was putting my list together. This song popped up. I'm like, huh, that song, and then I listened to it, and I was like, that's still a great song. Like for some reason, I had an aversion to it, but then as soon as I it started to play, I'm like, yeah, that's a great tune. Saw the ghost ah, of yes. On Avenue, followed him up to the gates of Grayson. And I watched him walk right through Now security, they did not see him They just hovered around his tomb But there's a pretty little thing Waiting for the king Down in the jungle room When I was walking in Memphis I was walking with my feet Ten feet off a beer Do you like that song, David? Oh yeah, I love, I love Mark uh, there's a song he has, uh, Lost You in the Canyons, that no one knows that I think is one of the greatest L.A. songs. It's literally about like losing someone on a cell phone, but also kind of losing them in life. Uh-huh. It's great. I'm going to go buy that. I, I remember interviewing him for Rolling Stone years ago, and I think he used to be in a band, like a cover band that played weddings and all that. Mm-hmm. Called, I, I, maybe I'm wrong, but I, my memory is that it was, he was in a band called like Filet of Soul, <laughs> S-O-U-L. Sure, yes. I, I would like to see a Filet of Soul show. And, he's, uh, <laughs> and, and, and he gave us True Companion, which everyone can play at their weddings now. Oh, right. It's a great song, though, too, from yeah, the same is. album. Yeah, his voice is a great voice. Yeah. It's not my go not a guy I go to all the time, but whenever I whenever I hear him, I'm like, oh yeah, I like that. Is it my choice? Yes. It's, your my turn. Turn. it's your turn. Let's go with a song that I I I was thrilled to I think I was it's number five. Okay. I think I was the fifth person to hear this song. I wasn't the fifth Beatle, but I was the fifth person <gasps> to hear uh I was doing something for Ringo and he goes, I I just did this song with Paul and I thought like that's not a phrase you ever expect to have someone say to you, like, oh, yeah, you know, the two surviving Beatles having a duet. Right. And I don't think people know this song. I don't think it got... I, I, you would think that, like, the two Beatles doing a little song together would mean more to people. Uh, I love this song. It's called... Uh, it's from his, his album, Why Not, a couple of years ago. It's uh, called Walk With You. 
couple of new artists for you. A couple of kids, promising kids. <laughs> yeah. A couple of lads from Liverpool. With See what they got. Promise. They're going to the toppermost or the poppermost. <laughs> Check these kids out at the cavern. They'll be playing there weekly. ever a chance that Paul and Ringo would do a, a tour together? No. I don't think I think that uh, I think where they've gotten is amazing mm-hmm. yeah. and great and uh, I I think getting them having worked with yeah. both of them in recent years mm-hmm. like getting them to do things is not easy. It's like they have to make choices and mm-hmm. and I can't believe how much Paul works. It's yeah. unbelievable. And how have you seen have you gotten to see him in concert in the last I've not, yes. I've, I've yes. not seen him. The guy you did. You told me I was sh- like, "Oh my gosh, show- I'm about to like Yeah, you I, were going to fall asleep. He has it's more too stamina long. than me. You said the show was too long. Yeah, it it's, was. No, it's amazing how much he gives. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. it's unbelievable. Well, he probably feel, if if he really steps back, he probably thinks it's probably many many people here that have never seen a Beatle, never seen me. And so, and maybe we'll never get a chance to come see me again. And how long do I have to do this? So let's really give it. A, he's got. To, I'll go by the hot wife theory. He's got a <laughs> relatively new young hot wife. He likes to show off for her. That's my. Oh, okay. That's what you mean. He likes when she sits in the audience yeah. and yeah. is impressed by people going crazy. <laughs> uh, I think he also has a shit hot band. I mean, yeah. I think. Yes. I think part of it is Ringo. I will say it, you know, I don't care. I will not put up with anyone saying he's a, he's a great drummer, mm-hmm. but I don't think he ever had a great, great drummer for him until he has his current drummer. And yeah. I think this band is phenomenal. I think he loves yeah. to play with them. He's he's turned on by it. And the greatest shows I've ever saw, seen, including my third date with my wife, which ended up with me getting married, was his, his sound checks. Mm-hmm. He loves to go out there and play with his band. Sound check, completely different That's from amazing. the concert. The guy yes. loves to make music. He's on earth. To do it, and he does it brilliantly. I think this would this would be great. Uh, whenever Ringo puts together the All Star Band for the summer tour, I think he should ask Paul if Paul will play bass, and then Paul would just <laughs> step up and sing two hits. Right, he can do two hits. <laughs> he can do his two hits, and then the rest of the he just plays bass and jams. That's hysterical, and I, that would be a very quick no. I'm pretty sure. I, I in fact, it was really interesting doing the Beatles tribute, the Grammy thing we did because Paul is not used to sharing. The attention, like yeah. it's been a while since. I mean, he has a band, but it's like having the two of them and having David Letterman interview the two of them. Yeah, I just think it's an interesting sort of thing. Is like these guys haven't been. The Wings were never 
quite a democracy. So yeah, yeah. I think it's like when he's with Ringo, it's funny. Like the, and I think there's, it's, it's great to see because uh, when I first started knowing Ringo 23, four years ago, whatever it was, mm-hmm. it wasn't, the feelings were not as good as they are now. About it, within the band, there was tensions were more real. And even talking about the past was not easy for them. And I I've t- might have told you this story, but absolutely the first time he ever called me at home, we got friendly at one point, which was amazing to get friendly with one of your heroes. But he's only one of the only heroes of mine I would consider like a friend. Ringo. Yeah. Wow. Is his number in your cell phone right now? Uh, uh, yeah. But, uh, <laughs> well, that's, uh, uh, but he, um, he called and said, and the phone, his call waiting went off when, I, mm. when he called me like the first time for like a sort of social call. And he goes, are you going to get that? And I go, no, I never get call waiting when I'm talking to a Beatle as a joke. <laughs> yeah. And he went, ex-Beatle, like mad. Oh, and I'm like, I'm like, ex-Beatle? I said, you're not an ex-Beatle. Mm-hmm. You're, it's like king or president. Yeah, yeah. you can't. <laughs> you're for life. You can't give yeah. up on that. So. Oh, uh, my goodness. David's moving his phone. He thinks I'm going to grab it and call Ringo. <laughs> I know there was a little, <laughs> I know, he's little like, like, suspect. Very protective. Like a little, a little protective bit of his. like, don't. I have like a, I, I, like the computer. I actually have a, an app in here that's that's it's actually taking all his okay. numbers right out of his phone. Okay, um, that could be him. Maybe. Oh, <laughs> yo, what if it was? That was mad. Um, Who is that? Is that David Lee Roth calling to apologize? I, I wish. Do you have to take that? You can take it. No, no. decline. It's cruel. Um, <laughs> my next song. Yes, please. I want to. You know, when you really get into a book or a movie or mm-hmm. a TV show, and you just uh, there is the show that started. I believe mid-season, so it would have been this year, mm-hmm. called Empire. And I, David, I'm sure you're familiar with it. Yes, yeah, absolutely. It is so good on so many levels. <laughs> I mean, and you get into it, it's also kind of, there's a silliness to it, but mm-hmm. it's also really good drama, and the music is insane. But what I love about the whole thing is they really nod to the Gen Xers. Like, the, the two brothers did a money-for-nothing thing that nice. was outstanding. But there was an arc on the story given to Courtney Love. Was, of she, all in, was she in the show? Yes. Wow. She played this character named Elle Dallas. I mean, how great is that for a character name? And um, she, Anika, ended up slipping her a Mickey. And so, but they never wrapped that storyline up, which I wanted, you know, Anika to get hers. But uh, one of the, the song that, that Courtney sings on the show that's on the soundtrack is called Walk Out on Me. All right, let's hear it. Like you know how it's going to end Cause I'm too tired to be honest And I'm too hurt to pretend A darling Never guessed that that was Courtney Love. Yeah, and she played yeah. this character that, like, Cookie represented in the early days, and like she couldn't get her act together, and it was just the whole show. I love. I just she, love it. She is so. I, I, I'm a fan of her musically. Uh, she scared every time I've dealt with her. She is. I bet. She. she, she, she <laughs> the, the one of the worst moments of my life was interviewing her 
a 15-minute interview I needed. A fifth total. We were doing an issue on American icons or something, special issue of Rolling Stone, and I just wanted to talk to her about the American blonde, like basically asking about Marilyn Monroe yeah. and, oh. and, and her and the iconography of that. Madonna. 15 minutes. Madonna, her sort of following. Jane Mansfield. Yeah, exactly. But that's, that's a 15-minute phone call. Right. She was in Paris or wherever recording an album. She kept me on the phone for five hours <laughs> talking what? about everything else. Ed Norton's personal physiology. I don't even know what. Oh, my goodness. But it's just sort of one of these things where it's like, but you couldn't get her off the phone. She's a very hard person to stop. Mm-hmm. And at one point, I had a car coming to pick me up, car <laughs> service. And my wife, it was, I was in my garage. And I, I think I did this interview, started at like 6 a.m., and I had like a 10 o'clock pickup to go to Nashville. And my wife is in the, at, the, at the house part of the garage yelling at me like, there's a car waiting for you. And Courtney Love is saying, Ed Norton's a bastard or whatever she's saying. And I just felt like I'm between two crazy women being yelled at and I can't do anything about any of it. Waiting for my five minutes about Marilyn Monroe. Really? Five hours? Or you just, you're exaggerating? Four, no, it was like four or five hours of a crazy... Like, are you talking at all or are you just listening? Mainly listening. I'm, obviously, I am not too shy about talking, right. but you can't get a word in edgewise oh my with God. her. Wow. Um, my turn. My, it's my turn. Yeah. I'm going to play a uh, song. I'm going to play an album. I'm going to play a whole album. Awesome. Awesome. I know, it's not fair, but I'm going to play a whole an entire <laughs> album start to finish. No, this, uh, this is from the, uh, the baby's last album. Oh. On the Edge. Mm-hmm. I love the babies. Uh, this is a song probably not a lot of people have heard, but it's called Turn and Walk Away. I could Away. sing every word of this song. Yeah. I love this song. Probably people at this table will know it, but I don't know <laughs> about other people. Have him on the show. I had John Wayne. Yeah, I did yeah. hear that was pretty early, right? Yeah, he really, he really took control of that interview. That he was very hard to uh, to steer in the direction I wanted to go, but it was still great because I love him so much. Have it was seen, a great interview. Have you seen him live in like the last five, ten years? I have. Yes, uh, maybe ten. I think I saw him open for Rick Springfield. I think it was a double bill with at the my Universal wife, Amphitheater. Like, Universal Amphitheater. I was yeah. there. Yeah. Oh my god! And I went backstage afterwards with my wife. I think we. Just I parked, didn't. But we went from behind, and <laughs> and like my wife was just like, because um, there are two guys. Yeah. Who still, and they look great, great he looking. Like, yes, he looks amazing. amazing. Like John Waite sounds and looks as good as ever. And yes, I don't know if this is true, but the, I love Alison Krauss. I don't know if you like Alison Krauss, mm-hmm. but like Alison Krauss, I think must love the same like music we do. Cause yeah, I think she went through like all the lead singer guys. Yeah, I think she, she dated. I think she dated John. I think they were engaged. Right, <gasps> I don't yeah. know. And they oh. did a duet, and I'm like, I think they were doing a lot of duets, if yeah. you know what I mean. And then, yeah, I, he's a, he's a great looking guy. Yeah, I, he is. I have a crush on John White. I know what I wanted to ask you is, um, you on Twitter, you you rarely say anything like negative about about people in the music industry. But a couple weeks ago, when they were, they were going to announce um, uh, Skid Row was getting a new singer. Uh, you tweeted something like it, it should be Sebastian Bach because he was he was 
the only singer or something like that. And I was like, Oh, I know oh, Sebastian. Wow. He's like a friend, a yeah. crazy friend. Yeah. But he, we're, we're friendly. And I know it's more like, I can't believe these idiots. I know. Would like, you know, replace a lead singer and not, I mean, replace, they, they could, replace, you know, um, look, I, I just saw, um, black star riders open for fake skid row out at the Canyon club and, and they were terrible. Skid Row was terrible. Listen, Skid Row at their yeah. best were never great. great. They were not but Zeppelin. With, but with, but, but with Skid, Sebastian, Sebastian, they were good. Yeah, Sebastian is like, to me, like almost a caricature of a rock star. Yeah, the yeah. guy just has charisma. He's hysterical. I brought him into Corolla a couple of years ago, and he and his girlfriend got into a fight in the middle of the podcast. <gasps> she went and slammed the door. He mentioned a groupie. <laughs> she slammed the door and gave him the finger. It was great. Everything he wanted to be. Like, I sat with him at the Kiss reunion. Uh, tour in Detroit when they when the guys all got together. Wow, he's like a f- teenager. He's like yeah. an eternal rock and roll fan. <laughs> great voice. Uh, he's a great guy. I love him. I, I I don't know why they would. It's like they're really making a choice. Like no, we want to play for two hundred people, people in yeah. dive bars. Yes, instead of going on an arena like a not arena, but they could do a shed. they could do a package arena. tour yeah. too. They could be you know throw Dawkins, Cinderella, Skid Row, whatever. They're idiots. But I tweeted at him a couple weeks ago and I said, "Hey, I'd love to have you on the show. Who do I contact to make that happen?" And then he tweeted back, oh. "Contact this guy." Oh. And I contact that guy and not doesn't has not responded to my email at all. Oh, you tweeted who? I tweeted to Sebastian. Oh, Sebastian. I, said, I would love to have you on the show. Who do I contact right. to make that happen? And then he tweeted out an email address. Yes. He goes, yeah, whatever. Ask for Jerry. And I, e- I emailed this guy. He doesn't contact me. I mean, just say, oh, we're too busy. Or sure. Say no. But I hate when I don't get any response. That drives me crazy. Okay, That's I'm crazy. sorry. I'm sorry I didn't respond. So, um, so I saw, Led Ze- the guys in Led Zeppelin. I yes. Just, what I, wa- I want stories. But Uh-oh. I... I Robert Plant okay, is Robert the Plant, end all for uh, me. All I can tell you, I don't know him well, but I will say that Plant knows more about rock and roll, early rock and roll, than anyone I've ever met. And the only one who's even close is Bowie is a real like authority on music and yeah. genius guy. Plant is like this elegant, brilliant guy who I, I had this, I, I think uh, I've, I've told this story. I apologize if you've heard this, but years ago I was, Ugh, when I he was on like one. the Manic Nirvana tour, <laughs> okay. one of those early tours, uh, I was in with Jones Beach with him, hanging out backstage, and it's the only time I've ever really hung out. That's the only reason I remember it. But there was a guy named Kenny Dino who had a song called in the early '60s, like "Your Ma Saw You Cry in Your Sleep Last Night," that Robert Plant covered and did sort of a weird sampled, got kind of a hit on that Manic Nirvana era. Okay, and. So they brought this guy, Kenny Dino, back, and he literally had become like a longshoreman, like a Long Island longshoreman, and like a middle-aged guy. And this guy was brought back, and Robert Plant pulled out a box of singles. Like he had brought his records from his home of all the singles of Kenny Dino. Like, and this guy started crying. He goes, my own kids don't even know I made these records. Oh, my god! And Robert started going through each one and asking him about it, and I thought, that's such a wow. lovely gesture to have this rock god... He was paying tribute to Kenny Dino. It was beautiful. Oh so my gosh! How cool! My, my experience with Paige was much less charming. Because yeah, he doesn't strike me as you <laughs> oh, know. I, I, I don't know. I was in England interviewing someone, and Rolling Stone said, uh, uh, "You want to interview Jimmy Page?" I'm like, "Hell yeah!" Yeah. So I went to the office of his office, and uh, it was just like what it was. Is they'd done like some Zeppelin box set in that era 
where it was like all the greatest Zeppelin. And then they did a second one, which was like all the songs that weren't on the greatest one. Right. So it was like, the, it was that second box. So yeah, well, there, was a, there was a four disc the and then a two disc. Right. Two like disc. That. Yeah. That's right. the one I have. Yeah. Right. So I, I was interviewing him about that, but I started sitting down with him, asking a few questions, and he started giving me major attitude, like basically a total fuck you vibe. And I'm like, what? I said, listen, and I inter- I've learned to do this over the years. If someone's giving you that, I go, listen, clearly I've done something to offend you. <laughs> Tell okay. me what it is so that we can maybe get past this. Good and he for goes, you. And he said, I'm really pissed about the review. And I said, what review? And he goes, the first Zeppelin review. I go, you mean the first album? And I go, Jimmy, I was six. <laughs> and guess what? Rolling Stone was fucking wrong. You know, it's yeah. like, get over it. Yeah. I was like, but he literally was mad about he. And once we got past that. It got a little friendlier. I oh think I might gosh. have reviewed some yeah. later thing like the uh, Coverdale page, and but he was mad about the first Rolling well, Stone look, review. Well, look, in his defense, what's a six-year-old doing reviewing that album? <laughs> I should not have done that. <laughs> no, you don't know what you're talking about at six. Now, what Still about don't. John Paul? Uh, John Paul I only met uh, when we were doing the Grammys, and the Foo Fighters used him to do yeah. the arrangements. Uh-huh. Uh, and I, I just got to stand with him, and I thought he seemed so elegant and so brilliant and I think he's you know so undervalued and yeah. yes. I listened to an a podcast interview with Jason Bonham in the last week or two mm-hmm. where he's sort of like I don't know it's a little attitude about like I don't think he's I, I think the in Zeppelin this is really interesting yeah, Jason Bonham has to know he's not in Led <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he was never was yeah. really he's not a member of Led Zeppelin I yeah. think what they said was that John Paul Jones was raised in a rather posh lifestyle mm-hmm. and I mm-hmm. think that there has always been like a little tension. They don't really like him because he's very trained and okay. to the manner born. He's regal. He's a little regal. Yeah. And he just, he seemed like a very regal guy when I was like, you know, I literally rushed out of the Grammys to watch the rehearsal because Foo Fighters and John Paul Jones were doing their number outside. Yes, you know? I remember. And I just allowed it to stand on the stage with John Paul Jones. It was, it was great. He's, wow. he's so talented. The, and um, turns out good. to be like the best looking now. I always say exactly. on the show, he's, like, he's the looker now. Maybe Eddie Van Halen should have got him in uh, Van Halen <laughs> since he doesn't like Michael Anthony. Uh, oh, he's you no, know, he does. He looks rather. He elegant. does. He looks yeah. amazing. He and John Waite. We should get one like the uh, oh, him a and band John called. The, oh, but how about a band called the Cute Ones? Where we just got like <laughs> John Waite and we get John Paul Jones, like the guys who st- and they all have to be named John. All Johns. Yes, all Johns. What do you got for us? What's your next song? Uh, I think for my next one, I'll go to a relatively recent track, so we don't seem all that retro. This is a couple of years ago. Elvis Costello did a record in a sort of spontaneous way with The Roots. Oh, yes. Uh, oh. And uh, uh, I love this track. It's called Walk Us Uptown. Check that out now. And uh, I recently, I think I got confirmation again that some, a story I've been dining out on, one of my <laughs> stories that I told at my prep school, I think I introduced him to his wife. 
uh, which was which happened backstage when I was trying to get presenters to give out an award, and I thought, okay, we'll do Diana Krall, Elvis Costello, and Gwen Stefani. So he could have married either one of them, but he okay. he, he went with Diana Krall, and <laughs> I think funny. it worked out well. Yeah, Billy Squire. Did you ever meet him? No, but it, he. I know nothing of like nothing. He's a blank slate to me. Okay. I've met him, and I I like him. I think his music was so great at the time, and now you just never hear it. I just heard some Piper for the first time in a long time on some crazy podcast. I he was really talented. The story that I always heard about. I I met him once, which okay. was outside a movie screening in New York of a Scorsese movie, and he was in front of me. So that and we talked, and he was perfectly pleasant then. But the story I always heard. Might have been a Woody Allen. I'm sorry, it was a Woody Allen movie. Okay, but I remember thinking he's rather it's a rather erudite kind of crowd for Billy Squire. The story I always heard was that he's the smartest man in music history because when his career imploded, uh, and I was talking to a major tycoon in the music mm-hmm. business recently, and we were talking about the moment when we first saw that video where he pranced. Yes. Where yeah. he literally, where he lost all male credibility. Yeah, because right. by the way, I didn't know anything was wrong with it until I was an yeah. adult. I go, what? There was a big brouhaha over that video? Directed Every by, man in the world went, I can no longer yeah. like this guy. Directed it, by Kenny Ortega, yep. who I'm pretty sure is a homosexual. Yes. And um, so, you know. Kenny's, I, I work with Kenny. Kenny's a great guy, yeah. great choreographer, great director now. But... That video ended his career in a flash. Mm. Yeah. I, but the story I always heard, which I think is true, but we should get him. I'd love to ask him this question. The story I heard is that right before that uh, moment in his career, he'd signed some amazing extended deal with Capitol for seven albums or something like that. Okay. And that when the video sort of ended things with his cool, that the label, the, what usually happens is if a label loses faith in you you renegotiate you go okay you know we're not going to really support your next record so we know you care about your career so let's make a deal and buy yourself out of this deal he said fuck no i want every cent you owe me so he he put out like five more records yeah. that no one ever bought on like on capital emi I those records oh i have um, I, I have a know. couple of those songs. Up through yeah. like the blues one. There was like a blues album yeah. he did even at one point. These weird records. But I heard that he just said, no, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to live out this deal. And then he basically has never done much of anything well, what, again. What's weird is that why, why didn't they just pull that video? I mean, it, it, was, it was before people could like access it, and access it and download it and really put it out there in the world. When it wasn't working, why didn't they just go, you know what, let's pull that video? Tell MTV I not do to, you know, know what I mean? Because I'm reading that great book. It's a few years old now that I want my MTV yeah, book. Yeah. And they, there's a whole thing about it. Oh. And, and I think there was a time thing, like, if I can remember correctly, like they had to get that video out quickly. And there was some, and, you know, and then they put it out. And I, yeah, I don't know why they didn't just pull it, but I remember it in heavy rotation at the time. Yes. And oh, because he was red hot at that moment. Yeah. <laughs> now, it yeah. must be very hard for you to have Emotions in Motion by Billy Squire and Rick Ocasek <laughs> having Emotions yes. in Motion. Right? You have to pick one. It's that hard. would be a title fight. Uh, yeah. Title fight for you. Um, the, uh, <laughs> I met, uh, I met he, he toured like a couple years ago. Still a good looking tour. guy? He was yeah. a good looking guy. And um, my friend Suzanne and I, we wait, my concert wife, Suzanne, we waited and waited and waited and and there was a bunch of people waiting, but then they left. And I'm like, he's still here. The buses are here. Let's just keep waiting and waiting. And then finally, one of his handlers walked. Like we, they had like a, they had like um, like a little like metal gates really far away from the, the venue. So we were very far from, you know what I mean? Hmm. And this guy comes walking to us. He goes, are you guys still waiting for Billy? And we said, we are. And he's like, all right, he'll be out. 
And so he, then he went back, and then he goes in the building, and then I see two guys walking, 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 and it's Billy Squire. Wow. And he talked to us for so long. <gasps> that Nice guy. A great guy, but he was talking to us for so long that I would, wanted to get out of the conversation. <laughs> but no, he was really, he was amazing. He, he, Courtney signed, loved he, signed, you. he signed our stuff. He was, you know, I like said, you look so good. How, are you a vegetarian or how do you stay in shape? And then he went through, he goes, well, you know, my normal day is, and then he literally <gasps> went through his whole day. He's like, he's like, I love to garden. I have a garden in New York City. And, I do, and I'm like, oh my God. He's just, I ride my bike from time to time. I'll ride my bike. I like to get out there. I'm like, oh my God, he's going to really just go. That's but it was, uh, it was a great show, and he was fantastic. He was really great. In the book, great. though, what I did love about that chapter was it kind of ended with him going like, look, I, I made some, I, I did fine, everyone. Don't, you don't need well, to feel sorry I, for well, me. I, no, I think that's <laughs> what he did. He made a calculated decision. As yeah. This is the way it was told to me was that he made this decision like, I'm never going to get a better deal yeah. than this. And it was completely smart because that was like right when the, before the record business sort of went yeah. off the you know, mountain. Well, and here's the other thing that I read about Billy Squire is after Piper, he got his deal with Capitol for his first solo album, which was called Tale of the Tape. And um, the deal was really not good, not, not a lot of money at all. And he just said, can I own my masters? And they said, yes, you can. Own, yes. Yes. Billy ah. Squire, singer of Piper, you can own your masters. And so he owns all that. It's all his. He owns. Wow. And, and I also heard that he's smart guys like that. Like yeah. that's like Neil Diamond. Like we, we had a whole mm, podcast yeah. about Neil Diamond, but it's like, it's amazing when you deal with these guys. Cause like the guys who are smart, they just own everything. And like, like yeah. when, I, when you do, I produced a behind the music with him and it's like, you just go to his place. He's got it all. It's yeah. all him. And you one stop shopping. It's great. And also I think Billy Squire has some songs that have, uh, that are, that are sampled oh, yeah. all the time. Sure. So he makes money on that too. Good. Good for him. I forget whose turn it is. Oh, it was it's Christie's. Are you sure? I think it's yes. mine. I think, I it's, think it's, mine. it's yours. No, he just played that Elvis Costello song. Oh, oh. you're right. Oh, okay. Um, this is Green Day. By can the I cool do, kids. Oh, can I do walking? I didn't know if that was... I could Yeah, yeah, yeah. Walking. You can do walking. Okay, so yeah, this is walked, walking, walking. Uh, contradiction from the 1995. Cool, as you say, these are the cool they kids. They are the cool kids, and they're great, so... There's nothing wrong with that. I think even Green Day would say, yeah, we, we, we're glad we're in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, but Cheap Trick should be in before us. I think even Green Day would admit that. Oh, I think so, too. Uh, quick Sebastian Bach thing, because I, you know, I keep jumping around to everything. Uh, one of Pilar's best friends was uh, on Broadway with him in Rocky Horror Picture Show. Oh. And she said every night after the show, when you would go backstage, he would, he would tell you if the show was good or not, and here's how he would say it. He would say, that was Bachtastic. <laughs> No. But some nights he would go, that was not Bucktastic. I'm not happy with that. It was not Bucktastic. <laughs> but that's charming on him, right? Was she yeah. charmed by him or no? Yeah, yeah. She thought he was fantastic. Yeah. You, I, if, if he's your friend, he's a great friend. <laughs> yeah. I, I wouldn't want him to be my enemy. No, he, she said he was fantastic. Uh, I'm going to play. Uh, this is one of my one of my two dream guests are probably. Uh, I'm right here. Don't are probably Christy and David. <laughs> yeah. But then if oh, I had to go deeper, okay. uh, it would be Rick Springfield and, and Jackson Brown. 
And I reach out. I talk to Jackson Brown's person all the time, and my emails always start, hey, are you still the person for all things Jackson Brown? Is yeah. it Buddha or yes. someone else? Yes, it's, it's some woman. I would have to look it up. I don't know her name. Um, but I would love to get Jackson Brown on. But this is a song from uh, Late for the Sky. Drop your name. He owes me some money, too. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I were joking. This is... Uh, kind of joking. This is from Late for the Sky. This is Walking Slow. Walking slow down the avenue Through my old neighborhood I don't know why I'm happy I got no You like Jackson Brown, Christy? Um, yeah. I, I don't know it's okay. that I you can own. Say you don't. I don't own any, but mm-hmm. I do appreciate and enjoy. Yeah, I really love him. I don't know. It's just I, I always think of him as like the West Coast Springsteen for some reason. I just he thinks of himself as same. Well, that's good. No, I, I actually really love him, and I had the weirdest. Uh, I interviewed him only once, I think, and then I got a call like late at Rolling Stone in one afternoon. It was like five thirty, mm-hmm. and. Is he, is he, let me ask, he's mad at you. No, not okay. at all. He goes, David, I really need to borrow you for the next two days. And I went, what do you mean? He goes, uh, I'm going to do this. Uh, it was a Disney Channel thing called Going Home. Mm. Like, and I need you to interview all my friends about me for the next couple of days. We're going to drive around and just revisit all my past. And we're going to talk to Bonnie Raitt, Crosby, Stills. Oh, my and gosh. That. And I was like, it sounds great, but I'm, I need to ask Jan Wenner if I can just leave the office for the next yeah. two days. And he goes, just call him at home and tell him. And I go, I don't have his home number. And I don't, I don't, to this day, I don't have his home number. I've, you know, I worked mm-hmm. with him and I mean, for him for many years in many ways. And he goes, I got his home number. And he called him and, and basically lent me out. And I realized <laughs> later it was like being a indentured servitude. Cause like when I went to get my, collect my bill, I was just loaned. I was alone out. Yeah. Uh, but I, I worked with, it was great. He was fantastic. Yeah. I own that on uh, on DVD. That's oh, no. a great show. Yeah, yeah. And I went and talked to, I remember Crossbells Nash, Bonnie Raitt, some other people. And it was great. He was, he was so much fun to spend cause we just drove around and then he go, okay, go talk to him. And he would sort of stand out in the corner. It was great. It's so funny knowing what the Disney Channel is now that, that, they would do that a couple that. years ago. It's, hey, let's do a, ja- hey, wait, let's do a Jackson Brown special. Yeah. Here's right. a song about socialism. <laughs> I, love, I love Jackson and still annoyingly good looking. Yeah. Well. Yeah, he is. And, and I like that he picked that hairstyle and he's keeping it. Exactly. Yep. He's not, yep. he's not like, changing that much hairstyle. Much like Bonnie Raitt. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Oh, love Just her. pick it love and her. go with it. Yeah. She's someone we should, yeah, she'd be great to have here. I bet she's got. To, I bet we'd drink whiskey if she was on. I said on the show because I played her once, and I said, you know, when when a woman turns thirty, like that's when you got to get into Bonnie Raitt, like that, because it just is so. I think that's when Pilar started in the, in the nick of time. You have to oh, get into it, yeah. that that I've been was trying. Whole... I've been trying to get Ricky Lee Jones on here too. Really? Yeah, she's got a new record. She's I know, got a reason yeah. to. She should do it now. She's I know wackadoodle, but she'd is be probably she? a good guest. Well. That's okay. Is Joni still with us? By the way, y'all, is she still alive? Joni Mitchell, she's yeah. still alive. Oh my she's gosh! A, and her, uh, she's the, other than Courtney. I've had a longer conversation with her on the phone than <gasps> than with Courtney Love. Uh, there was this is a true story, and I love love Joni Mitchell. Uh, there's not like the Courtney. There's no ambivalence. I mm. love Joni Mitchell, but she once she gets talking and once you know she's tried to retire from music four times to me, mm-hmm. including the most the one of the most unforgettable moments of my life. It was just pre cell phone. 
They, remember when bon, uh, Paula Abdul got uh, had, did some bad appearance at the MTV Awards, and people sort of thought she's not for real. There was some big mm-hmm. mini scandal. But the next day, I was invited to her tour rehearsal in the Valley somewhere, and I get this message. Uh, someone like literally runs in with a message saying Rolling Stone is calling. They said you need to call Joni Mitchell. So I went to a payphone. This is like there were still payphones in a rehearsal space. I, in I don't even know what you're talking about right now. <laughs> exactly. No, but I went in a payphone and called. Joni Mitchell, and in the background is opposites attract being run again and again. <laughs> and Joni goes, is saying, David, I want to give you my final interview because I'm retiring. Music is a piece of shit now, and I don't want to be a part of this music world today. And I'm like, I'm sorry, Joni, I can't hear you. I'm hearing Paula yeah. Abdul do opposites attract with MC Scat Cat. Yeah. Uh, can you please speak up? It was one of the weirder conversations. Yeah. Oh, but another time she called me at home to retire from music, I think, and. Talk to me till three in the morning, and at three oh in the morning, gosh. at three in the morning, my wife like walked out and goes, "You go to bed." Go, you know, <laughs> story of my life, and like I said, you know, Joni, I got to go to bed. I'll talk to you in the morning, okay? And you know, thinking this conversation was over now, at like, and clearly, all I can imagine is that Joni Mitchell sat in her room, like on pause for the next four hours, because at like eight p.m., <gasps> the phone rang, and she continued that sentence that oh she was God. like. She literally is like someone who, once she gets going, she she's amazing, amazing. I, I pray seen, for her. I love her. I've seen interviews, like recent ones on YouTube, kind of mm-hmm. just looking, and I'm like, huh, like it. I, I you know, that's. I hope she's no, she's not giving interviews now. No, okay, she, no. yeah, no. Well, and, this was. I don't know how yeah. recently this was, but it was, you know, I, and. She, you know, displeasure yeah. with the music industry. You're oh. talking about painting. And she told me years. There was one interview she gave. She did give me in Rolling Stone where she called like the music industry a cesspool. Has become a cesspool, and that made the Chiron or like you know this crawl on <gasps> CNN yeah. that day. And then she told me years later, and I don't know exactly how this worked out, but I guess she went from Warner Brothers to uh, none such, which is like two different divisions of the same corporation. Yeah. But I think what the interview caused such displeasure at one of the labels, I think Warner Brothers, that they basically dropped her and let her out of her deal and then re-signed her. And she goes, you made me a million dollars. Because, in other words, she was so in the hole to her old label yeah. that she was so thrilled. Maybe it was geffen to none such. Yeah. But I think I helped her with that interview make a lot of money. So That's I pray. So she I, owes you too. She owes you money also. Everyone owes me money. Uh, exactly. Um, God, yeah, where, when do I get paid for this? <laughs> Speaking of, uh, so, well, soon, checks in the mail. Yes. Um, uh, there's a little promo video on Facebook for Ricky Lee Jones's uh, new album. Is the song and, good? Uh, yeah, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. But the promo video, she's talking about the making of the album. And she goes, and I'm sorry for my language, Chris. Mm. But she goes, what, I can't make a record anymore because no one wants to fuck me? That's what she said. And I'm like, well, okay. She's got a point, I guess. Yeah, for I mean, sure. That's, you know. That's why I've never made yeah. a record. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and also, Paula Abdul. Paula Abdul has a star on the Walk of Fame for music. It's not for hosting. Oh, I love it, Rush it, Rush. I will tell yeah. you, to well, this yeah. day. Keanu Reeves video. I, uh, I, will, I tweeted a picture of myself mm-hmm. reunited with Paula like a few months ago. Mm-hmm. We did the TV Land Awards and yeah. she was there. I kind of love Paula. Yeah. yeah. And she's really actually a great person. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Rush Rush. But I, I like her as a person. I like I her as, I like her as a personality, it. I think. I, it's just, you know, when these other, like, it's like the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame when there's other people that don't have a star on the Walk of Fame for music. And Paula Abdul does. I don't know. She had a lot of hits. And I will tell you, my first, okay. day, my first day in L.A., 1991, I 
I never had driven until I got a license to move here. Mm-hmm. I drove right from LAX in a rented car to the video shoot of, uh, I guess it was Rush Rush. It was the one, the one with the Keanu Reeves. Yes, yes. Okay, the sort of James Dean. Re- mm-hmm. I literally had never parked anywhere. I just sort of <laughs> gotten my driver's test and passed. So I literally <laughs> drove onto the set of that mo- that video and interrupted a shot. And Paula remembered that was absolutely true. I, I completely screwed up a shot with her and Keanu. That's my that's day that's one LA. Hilarious. That's hilarious. My, my first moment They should have kept it in. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, there's not too many buddy pictures with Keanu and me. No. I know people, you're, as much as people it's might yearn for it. It's not too late. Uh, if his I, career keeps going down and mine goes up, eventually we will meet somewhere in the middle. I apologize for my husky cough the whole episode, oh, too. I've been getting, getting over a head cold. I can, oh. I notice it. Um, Christy, you're, wait, oh, am I, who's, wait a second. No. It definitely is not Christy. I think it is. Okay. And I just, it's you, because I, just, I just played, yeah, I just played um, Jackson Brown. Okay, oh, you yeah, yeah, did yeah. Jackson Brown. All right. We're running, are we running out of time? So let me. Um, let's figure. say we'll each play two more. Oh, I just brought one two, more. So you, c- two, you guys take one, my. Okay. Take all my right. extra. I have so right. many more. I know. Uh, all right. Well, I'm going to go. Lots of talking. It's go good. Some, Talking's good. I'm going to go with one that you might not remember. This is a real. It was memorable to me that there was a father and son group. There's not too many father and son groups in history. It's called the Hispanic Boys, Tommy and Hispanic. And. Years ago, they had an indie kind of record. I heard it, and I said, I'm going to go write about these guys in Rolling Stone. Just the father-son thing was cool, and the music was great. And then right around that time, I wrote about them. They got a call from Saturday Night Live. When, If you remember when Andrew Dice Clay was supposed to be on Saturday Night Live, and the I think Sinead O'Connor dropped out as a musical guest yeah. because she wouldn't appear with him. And then Nora Dunn wouldn't also yeah. appear. Yeah, right. she Nora got Dunn fired. Wouldn't. But yeah. they also had to replace, they had to replace the musical mm-hmm. guest. And they get, I think they had two different bands do one song. And this father and son complete obscure duo did a song on Saturday Night Live, if you look it up. But this is, I love this song. I love these two. I went to their house in Milwaukee and hung out with them. They were like two meaty Midwestern (laughs) guys who wanted to go out and get burgers and took me to a (laughs) joint. And they were fantastic. And I, I haven't talked to them in 15 years, so I'm hoping that someone, if you hear this, send me some note about, I hope they're both still alive. They were wonderful guys. This is Keep On Walking by the Hispanic Boys. It's a really great song. Yeah. Great song. Wow. The whole album was great. The, everything they ever did was great. God bless Hispanic how many? How many albums? Did they have a couple of albums? I remember two or three. I think I wrote liner notes for a couple of them. <laughs> like, uh, these are the pro bono like uh, liner notes that you occasionally write. These guys, I don't know if... Look them up. They were great. Spanic. S-P-A-N-I-C. Okay. And that's their, that's their name. Like, they are, they're on iTunes, and it looks like they have four albums. One's self-titled. One's called Sunshine. One's called 
Strange World and one's called Dream Your Life Away. Yeah, I think Strange World, I might have written the liner notes for it. Great stuff. Great. Yeah, there great you book. go. Get it on iTunes. Cool. Christy, what's your last well, song? Well, I'm going to give a taste of what's to come and at then, the disco show. And then you have to leave. And then I've got to just go. I'm going to just <laughs> take my purse. What if we purse. kick you out? We're going to finish. You. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Um, Donna Summer. Rock and Peace. Uh, in 1979. I love Donna Summer. She's amazing. I flew next to her on a plane <gasps> once, and I got to tell her not long before she died that, and I literally said, I love you. And I love her. My dad loved her. My late great dad Left my mom. And, For Donna Summer. <laughs> you know, but he moved into a singles apartment, discovered disco, and listened. I remember when he played, uh, uh, there's uh, Hot Stuff has Got to Bring a Wild Man. There's a lyric, Got to Bring a Wild Man Back, <laughs> back Home. Uh-huh. My dad loved that lyric and used to play that when he of the was name. banging stewardess after stewardess <laughs> after leaving my mom. Uh, I I remember this procession. Uh, it was uh, those. Are, it's very distinct. That album, Bad Girls. Bad Girls was a double album. Bad yeah. Girls was the soundtrack to my dad's midlife crisis that wow. I got to watch unfold <laughs> in Fort Lee, New Jersey. And I, I still this day love that record more than anything. It's great. And I I was nine, and I can remember buying the record at like a department store, right? Like yeah. a Dillard's. Right. I can remember Woolworth. that. And you know, my parents. I have to give them credit for. Like never questioning when I brought a record. Like she was in a brazier. Did they not the question, front. or they did, did they not even pick it up and look at it? Well, I mean, they bought me Candio for Christmas, or they like I, like mm-hmm. they just kind of like here. Yeah. And what, they didn't really okay. And I thought that was really cool because then I could. I mean, not like I, I understood mm-hmm. anything anyway. Yeah. But um, so this record was was big. Um, uh, Giorgio Moroder, a, a big producer on it, and this particular song is called "Walk Away." Where is it? Greatest voice. It's Her voice so is so great. good, and I've always, I've always felt the disco sucks movement. The, the, even then, you'll still hear people say disco sucks. It's sort of like scratch it. It's sort of a racist inclination. I think there was like a weird world where the gay guys and the black artists took over music, and white America recoiled. And that's I, interesting. I've I never so, thought of uh, it yeah. in terms of that. Yeah. I think I say that in the upcoming seventies episode oh. of there's a music episode coming. Uh, the 70s is airing now. Yeah, when yeah, yeah. The 60s, and when I did the 60s, I said, guys, I'm happy to do the 60s, but please get me to the 70s because that's <laughs> all, everything I love is yeah. 70s. And please kill me before I do the 80s, which unfortunately I think will not happen. But uh, yeah, disco, I believe that that's what happened is it's sort of like it was, a, it, it was a, an act of suppression against black and gay audience uh, artists having too much say in music. I mean, it was just... It was just good, fun music. Yeah. It's like, hey, we like to dance. And then yeah. people saying, well, fuck you. Forget yeah. that. We're just going to light them on fire. Yeah, what is this, the town where Footloose took place? We yes, can't dance. Exactly. And like 
Barry and his brothers are like, wait a minute, we're making all these people happy, and now yeah. I just have to go to my solid gold tub and, you know, with money water you coming you out. You didn't go see Barry Gibb, did you? I did. You did? You, at the ball I or cried. something? Was it a good show? It was amazing. Because I he, got to spend some time with Barry at the Grammys this year <gasps> and talk to him, and I, I knew I got to be with the Bee Gees a little bit and do some stuff with them. I love them. But I did not get to see the tour, and I was sort of upset. It was great. You had good seats too, right? Great. Yeah, you go to every concert. Like I, when I heard you describe the Mark Knopfler thing, I would kill to go to that. Oh, it's in September. Yeah, it hasn't happened. It hasn't happened yet. Oh, you got the tickets, but it oh, hasn't. honey, yeah, yeah. Oh, it hasn't she's, happened. She's it's in talking, September. She's talking it up. Yeah. Maybe your husband has his nasal surgery then, and then I'll go with Exactly. You. The concert wife I've always well, dreamed so of. Well, so Barry Gibb. I want to hear. I love them. I love them. I love that they weathered all of this just terrible things said about them and they're like we're just gonna keep going and do our thing and whatever and yeah. I, I I mean they did get kind of redeemed there in the 90s I think when they got in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and people were like oh yeah they're actually pretty talented we're not gonna make fun of them anymore but it's also right. like in America it's different like in the rest of the world they stayed big and here they sort of you know I think the disco sucks thing they, you know it was like they were the only white guys yeah. by the disco sucks yeah. uh, movement. But they're how did you find him? Like what? How did you like? Were they what? What did you? Oh think well, of the them? three of them. I remember being at the uh, Sunset Marquee with the three of them. One of the last records they did together. And Still it was, Waters, maybe. Uh, it, or, it around that could okay. have been around that time. But I just remember being in a hotel room with the three of them, and they were firing, <gasps> and you couldn't tell who was speaking. It was like <laughs> even though they had tensions, you know, they were later sort of have tensions. They were completing each other's sentences. They all seemed too much alike. I think. The first time I ever met them was one of the tougher questions I ever had to ask. After Andy died, I think I was at the Atlantic. One of the first, I just was starting out in journalism at the Atlantic 40th uh, reunion oh, show yeah. in New Zeppelin York. Zeppelin did that show, right? Yep. Zeppelin. Zeppelin did that show, and I was the first person to have to ask them about Andy. And, uh, and it was... Because uh, you can't avoid said, it. You can't, can't avoid just, it. No, I had, no. I had to try to get a quote, and yeah. I did, and I just hated my... And I thought, God, they hate me. And then they asked me to do liner notes for Tales of the Brother Gibb, which was one of those early yeah. box sets. I love them. Just oh, love them. Was, it, was it the square one? The, yes. Because I have that oh, one. Oh, no. Not, oh. Like, not the one, the recent one. This is one No, this was like forever. in the 90s. Yes. Okay. The, the one that was like a was tan like, thing. Yes. Yes. Oh, I actually have, oh, I've got a, yes, I think I, have to go get Unless that. I'm high, I wrote yeah, the liner yeah, notes yeah. for oh. that. Who drummed with Zeppelin at that 40th thing? I can't remember. Was it that t- was Tony Thompson? No. Oh, no. I saw Zeppelin three times in that era. I saw them in Nebworth or what? I'm trying to remember. The one was Phil Collins. Right. One was Tony. That was Live Earth. I think they had Tony Thompson from yeah. Chic or whatever. Uh, and then did Jason do one? No, Jason did one. Did he do the 40th maybe? I can't remember. Right. I did watch the rehearsal and it was fascinating to watch. It was, yeah. Uh, I think the rehearsals, I think they had times when their rehearsals were better than, like their sound checks and all yeah. were really good, but then they Yeah, they the Live Aid up. thing was The Live like, Aid thing was ooh. really bad. It was still yeah. exciting. It was still yeah. wonderful yeah. and exciting, but. I've yeah. never, I've never yearned for that reunion. It's weird. It's like certain groups, I don't think, they, I mean, I thought what they did, you know, at the O2 arena, yeah. they were great. They sounded great, but I don't want a whole tour of them. For, and I know that the, everyone but Robert wanted it. Yeah. Robert wanted nothing but to have a career, I could tell just talking to him briefly, that he just wanted to move forward and be an artist, and yeah. he's done that. And yeah, he, he And has. unfortunately for them, he got it right before the reunion happened, so I don't think he... He, he doesn't have any desire. There's no desire. It. He doesn't need it. Yeah. Uh, let me think. Christy, that was your last song, but you're, gonna st- you're staying here. You're going to talk. I don't know who to... I don't know who <laughs> to... Pl- questions. You, yeah. could, you could give me more songs, and I could just do two more. 
I could play. I don't know who to play. Have you have you met Mark Knopfler? Do you know any like uh, wh- John Ilsley or the other? <laughs> you guys need to exchange, exchange I think numbers. I, had, I think oh, I right. met David Knopfler once oh. briefly, but I I had the heartbreak of Mark Knopfler on one of the early solo records. It might have been Golden Heart. It might have been the second one after that. I reviewed whatever Walking Philadelphia. Oh, Sailing Philadelphia. Sailing Philadelphia, yes, which I love. That's a great it. record. Yeah. yeah, but. He call, he somehow liked something I had written, and I got a call saying Mark would like you hire you to interview him for a little documentary. And all I can remember is I was doing Iron Chef America, working as a sort of consultant writer producer on Iron Chef America, and I couldn't get out of work. And I was like sitting there watching, you know, you know, tofu preparations. <laughs> And I had to say no, and I've always, I never got asked again, and I... Well, uh, he's coming back through in September. I, you know, my son got to see him. My son, who I named after Dylan, went to see him. He and Dylan did a show at the Bowl, like, uh, two years ago or so, I think, or two and a half years ago, when his last, or maybe it was more recently, because I know it was when his record, his most recent record, or two records ago, didn't come out in America, and he... I did, but I haven't seen him in years. Uh, I never got to see Dire Straits. They were they toured so briefly, and I'm sort of obsessed with Dire Straits. And uh, I was just uh, I had a conversation with Jimmy Iovine, who produced Making, Making movies. movies, and we had lunch. <gasps> we had lunch recently, and I spent the entire time talking about making movies. It was hysterical because he was like. Really? That's all you want to talk? About? It's like because well, I worked with Springsteen and Lennon and Patty Smith. Yeah, yeah, yeah but I'm well, special about that. I want to I, ask about that later, but that's because I, I I love that record. I mean, Romeo I and Juliet. Romeo and Juliet to me is maybe the love best album. love song yeah. ever written. And I'm obsessed with Lady Rider, and it's probably the song one of the most songs I've listened to the most in my life. But I've misunderstood it the entire twenty well, years. Well, explain because I'm like, wait a minute. She taught like I'm trying to put the law. Like, I, what is it? See, I always heard it because I always liked intelligent women and women writers and sort of sexy smart women i always interpreted it heard it that way and it has nothing to do with that i think what it is it's like he's seeing a girl a woman writer who i think is writing about a religious like a religious writer but i think what it is when i listened to it recently is it's a lyric like he's with some woman who's not like that at all who looks looks like like her. her so in other words it's like i think he's sort of like I wish I was with this broad <gasps> on the TV who's smart because you're this you know, Dumbo whore, with. Uh, yeah. That's oh. what I think. It's sort of like horror Madonna. Like I think, I, and I think there's. Oh. That's what I. Again, I'll I listen don't know. to it with those ears. But I never thought about the lyric as a minute. I've listened to it a million times, and I when I was walking. Now that I walk and listen to songs, sometimes I'll go. Hold on. Yeah. She looks like you, but she's not, you know it's not saying. He's really there's another woman in the room, and it ain't the right lady right. writer. We could have played Walk of Life today. I know. I, th- I thought about that, but yeah. I thought, oh, I've, I've. But I'll tell you, I did go to that um, Brothers in Arms tour. I was fifteen, and it might have been one of the best shows I've ever seen in my whole life. Like, Here's a weird thing: I don't like Brothers in Arms. <gasps> no, I, I don't like. No, I, sir. I, I think making movies. I I, <gasps> I I almost don't like anything. I, I I like everything, but I never listened to Brothers in Arms since it came out. There's two or three songs on there. I really, really enjoy. That's a full digital recording. Oh, I know. I remember <laughs> oh, that. But my I, gosh. Why Worry is almost why Romeo is and Juliet. But, almost. No, but I, not, maybe not. I prefer the Everly Brothers cover of Why Worry. I've never heard oh, that. Oh, uh, I didn't know that. Anyway. Okay. All right. All right. Uh, I'm going to play one more. Okay. And then we're going to promote, and then you can pick a play out song. 
Oh, man, this is painful. But uh, <laughs> when you think of Aerosmith, you think Walk This Way. Yeah, I almost... But I'm not playing that. What? I'm going to play from their debut album, 1973. I'm going to play their cover of Walking the Dog. Say apologies to Annie Lennox and Foo Fighters and Journey and ACDC and James Taylor. Uh, I just spent like, and when I was in Nashville, as I mentioned, I was with <laughs> Steven Tyler filming a comedy film uh, with Justin Bieber. It was the craziest. <laughs> it's a mad, mad, mad world of. We did a parody of Uber called Goober. And where's and this going to be shown? It was shown on the CMT Awards. Oh, okay. If oh. You, you could probably find probably it. Find it was it. great. But Stephen, I've worked twice with Stephen in the last year on. I've worked with, known him for 20 years. He's another person I've actually could kind of, I could text him. Uh, I could text him. Here, this is, this is a picture of us. I think I, you've probably seen oh, this. Oh, yeah, I've seen that. tweeting this last week. This was us oh. working. I love Steven. Uh, I love greatest. that song. Great picture. Uh, I'm going to apologize. Here's my list of apologies. Oh, no. <laughs> well, this will take us to the end. Yep. Walk Between the Raindrops, Donald Fagan. I apologize Ooh. to Donald Fagan. James Taylor. Walking Man. Kanye West, mm. Jesus Walks. Uh, the Pursuit of Happiness, one of my favorite Canadian bands. You know what? Although, you know, we've been playing so many dudes. Have we played any women? I Donna Summer. I Donna did. Summer. I played Donna Corny Love. Okay. Corny Love. I will play one. I'll play a woman. God, which woman do I? It could be Nancy Sinatra. Boots are made for walking. We haven't played. Oh, but that's great song. I think I'll play. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to play something that no one's heard because it's great, so that maybe you can introduce okay. people to sing. This is uh, uh, Shuggy Otis, who is the son of Johnny Otis, who is known best for the Brothers Johnson covered him, Strawberry Letter. You oh, remember yeah, it well? Strawberry Letter 23. This is a song that's a rarity, a brilliant song by him that I just uh, love. It's called Walking Down the Country, number nine. I'm going to use this as our playout song. So before okay. we go, um, David, where can people follow you on Twitter? At Wild About Music, capital W. Excellent. Is it is it case sensitive? I don't know. Okay. Uh, or I don't Facebook. Know. I think I'm now on Facebook. Okay, cool. 60s. And Christy, where can I'm we? I'm on Twitter sometimes at Christy S Man. And that and and when when the, when the uh, when the um, web series goes live, you will be Facebooking and tweeting about oh, it. Oh, for and sure. We will do the same. There'll be a barrage. Uh, oh. You can find us at Rock Solid Show and me at Pat underscore Francis and like us on Facebook and just keep listening. And yes, David, you want to say something else? <laughs> I was going to switch my song. You oh, can yeah, switch I'm switch it? my song. Okay. Go to number 29. Apologies to Shuggy Otis. <laughs> yeah, bye, Shuggy Otis. Uh, this is my, one of my favorite songs of all time. This is, uh, I got to work a little bit on associated projects from this movie. I'm wearing my hat for Walk <gasps> Hard, a great underrated movie. Yeah. Uh, Dewey Cox, the great Dewey Cox, who Judd Apatow <laughs> hired me. Uh, we ran into Judd, but Judd hired me to write a 3,000-word liner notes to a artist who never existed. Uh, oh my I God, love my Dewey Cox. Been fun. I did a fake NPR broadcast tribute to Dewey Cox. <laughs> uh, so let's hear Dewey Cox doing Walk Hard. Thank you, David. Good Thank choice. you, Christy.
Say. 